I'm Rizlar. I'm Frosty. As nobody's really engaged quite yet. Yep, oh, there we have a bit of- Oh, is that a triple stun for the Mystic? And welcome back to the Value Factory. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Value Pack. The number one, two, three, I don't know, probably top ten at least podcast for all of your Black Desert online needs. Uh, we have th probably the most interesting guest, no offense to our previous guests, especially Jackie Felix, because he had a lot of cool things to say, but the most interesting guests that we've had on yet. Today And if you can read titles, you already know who it is. But that being said, we got to get into comments first. Uh, thank you, everybody, for leaving a comment on the last episode. Although not too many people answered my question. What the hell, man? Y'all are a bunch of fucking pussies, man. Y'all don't want to y'all don't want to rat yourselves out with uh, y'all's most embarrassing moment in gaming. You know, I have one moment of honesty on last episode's podcast about, you know, embarrassing gaming and uh, nobody nobody wants to support me. Feels bad. Piotr didn't even comment, Frosty. No, he's fed up. He's fed up. He said he's going on strike. He's he's going on a strike until we stop shitting on Archer. <laughs> Get it. Alright, starting sort by new. Uh Harry Boy 3000 says my biggest mistake was in the first month of playing selling 250 memory fragments and begs gloves that I got from an <laughs> event box. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all probably sold sharps and hards and memory fragments early on like idiots. Oh, yeah. Dude, I sold so many Blackstones when I first started playing this game because I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm really going to enhance. And then, like, fast forward, like, three months later, I'm like, fuck, I need Blackstones. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, fun fact, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about this. But I'm fairly confident that I got the very first pair of bags gloves ever received from a bundle. Because I got it, like, three... So, that you couldn't get bags gloves from the bundle until a little bit after the boss was out. Uh, it was, like, patched in later. And it was, like, it was, like, two days or something after the patch where you could get them from bundles. And I got them. So, pretty soon after it. So, yeah, fun fact. You probably weren't. There was probably someone with a thousand bundles oh, waiting yeah. for the patch. There was probably some nerd who was like, you know, one of these days, they're going to patch this to where I can get Beg's gloves out of it. So I'll just save all 5,000 of these that I've done so far. Fucking BDO players, man. Uh, Kamikaze says, just to help you guys out, Norway is not a part of the EU. It is a part of Scandinavia. But we have a trade agreement with the EU that makes pretty much 90% of 98% of EU laws and regulations apply to us as well, so no, not a part of Asia. Well, Frosty, you were wrong. Feels bad. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> he said, thanks for the thoughts. Also, Frosty, join the world of awesomeness and darkness. Become a ninja today for the cheap sum of all your pearls. On a side note, tried pretty much every class in the game at this point, played since launch, and there is no, there is really no other class that gives me such joy and satisfaction as ninja. Only problem with the class is the 200 APM you have to have to grind efficiently. <laughs> yeah. It's next on my list, dude. 
Yeah, as soon as as soon as they slap a pair of tits on that thing, man, he's on it. Uh, John Gee says to the comment about players on horses, crits from matchlocks knock people off horses. So there you go, Frosty, the hard counter. Yeah, that is not viable. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna run around with a matchlock at Gahas. I might as well not even be there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Danny Park says. Always fun just listening in as I harvest my strawberries. Glad you enjoy it, man. Harvest the shit out of those strawberries. Yeah, dude. Get those fruit of the sun. Why are you harvesting strawberries? <laughs> Small Dick Stole Your Girl says, Lol, I don't hate Reslar. Appreciate that, brother. <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> you probably should. Gooden Drunk says, Next time you do community night, I'll do it from work. Hope you like the sounds of delivery vehicles and other warehouse noises in the background. Yeah, I think that's because you said the people that didn't come out should feel bad. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Oh, I know they should feel bad, but you said it out loud. <laughs> uh, TSG Uber Gamer uh, said, liked the episode, thought I'd finally leave a comment and answer the question. Most embarrassing thing I've done in a video game is kill someone in Smash in a tournament game that I was winning solidly, only to put down my controller to give my opponent a fist bump and ended up killing myself during their death animation and lose. Yikes. How... How is that possible, though? Like, the <laughs> sequence... Like, how long was he in a death animation that you were able to put your controller... <laughs> like, what? Well, I mean, I'm guessing... So, uh, what probably happened... Because I'm not a Smash, like, connoisseur or anything, but I've I've seen a lot of the game, and I've played a little bit of it. It was probably one of those situations where his opponent was super high up, like, in the air, basically, and he was falling down, like, onto the arena, and he jumped off of the arena to do, like, the final hit to his opponent to knock him out, but it wasn't one of those, like, like, sometimes they, like, go, like, shooting straight up into the air, straight out of the frame, and they get knocked out immediately, but sometimes they just do, like, the huge arc, and they don't get knocked out immediately. So it was probably like he knocked him into that arc animation and then instead of like hopping back towards the arena, he just put down his controller and let his character fall because he thought that he was like knocked out or whatever, you know, and he ended up going out first. I bet you that's what happened. No, that doesn't sound plausible. <laughs> Not for a pro, dude. Uh, is Uber Gamer a pro? Yeah, dude, he said he almost... Got out of the round at 32 in a local tournament. I don't think that's exactly what he said. Half of that is true. Uh, Infrax says, Gaha slash Fogans. Okay. Don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. What is that about? I, <laughs> I need some context. Yeah. Maybe that's his most embarrassing moment. Maybe he gets clapped at Gahas and Fogans. Maybe just the fact that he grinds Gahaz slash Vogans. I mean, that's pretty embarrassing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean... Gahaz still super good, and Fogans got the double respawn rate this week. Dude, if you're at Gahaz instead of Polly's Forest, I don't know what you're doing with your life anymore. Um, Aces over easy says, uh, heart. Appreciate it, heart brother. Too. <laughs> uh, I think Aces over easy is in Vexit. Oh, really? I remember. A mystic, yeah. Living that struggle and siege too. That struggle. Uh, Sphero says community night was a blast. Good time as always. I don't know why you said as always. This is the first time we did it. 
good time as always just anytime he hangs out with us yeah i guess thanks for uh thanks for showing up zero it was pretty fun got some good fights too i still i still need to go through that footage and i wanted yeah, to why wasn't that on the podcast last week i was like what uh i don't know i just had other stuff so i'd put that in instead i don't know for a noob tamer i was looking pretty good man you got to put up my highlights. I, I'm going to pull the fights at some point. I just need to get around to doing it. I do want to pull the fights and put the fights up, though, because they were actually pretty good fights. Um, Nayashi said, Frosty's comment on the Mystic stats PA gave it does make sense, but buffing classes PvE will only bring people back to grinding on their favorite classes, but I don't see too much of a dramatic change to class attendance in Node Wars slash Sieges. Uh, there will be, there will still be a need for individual class adjustments for PVP regardless, but I do accept that alternate, uh, viewpoint on it. Good stuff. For sure. I had a stroke while reading that comment. You'll have to excuse me. Uh, Jeff M says, please tell us more about the mayonnaise. Frosty, I have questions. Is the mayo pick in or out of a jar? Dude, it would never be out of a jar. That's disgusting. All right, so imagine a an all white backdrop with like a <laughs> bar stool, and on top of the bar stool is like craft mayonnaise. But the craft logo is obviously blocked out because they're not our sponsor, <laughs> unless they want to um, be. <laughs> and it would be like three minutes and forty seconds of just a really cool song, and you're just staring at that. <laughs> My thought on it was that if like. If that happened, people would talk about it because it'd be so fucking weird that it would just get the band's name out there. <laughs> They'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Look at this video. And it's just mayonnaise. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the question is, do I use like a shaky cam or still? Like, is it someone holding no, a cam? No, still. You have to do still. Okay. Well, you might well, as well just take... I don't want people take... to think it's just an image. You, yeah, that's Got... what I was about to say. You might as well just take a picture of it and then put that no, up. No, 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 no. It's got to be a video. So, lo- so people are anticipating something else happening and then they're like, wait. No. Did I actually just watch mayonnaise for three minutes and 50 seconds? But see, I was thinking you could do the, the fake out where like you make them think it's a picture and then like at the very end, it's like you do something to where you show it was a video the whole time and it makes them go, did these people actually just video this mayonnaise for three minutes and did i just watch them video mayonnaise for three minutes you know yeah that's what i'm thinking uh he also says it's a loot fyi you barbarians guitar ukulele (laughs) that's a fucking uke it's a fucking it's a it's a yeet that's that's what it is uh can you tell us more about your tamer experience thus far frosty how do you like it's grind and what are you pulling at aquaman or history with her um, I don't grind Achman, mostly because I don't have enough skill points for Trample. Uh, it's good. I like it. In low-end spots, or not Trample, I said Trample, but I meant Whiplash. Uh, I have Trample. Um, Trample spam is awesome in places like Polyforest, where I just grinded a shitload this week for skill points, and it was cool. And the PvP's been awesome. As long as I don't make any mistakes, I feel like I could beat anybody. And then, uh, in Histria, I am, I'm like pulling like three thousand exactly with the loot scroll, so pretty average, I guess. How much did you pull at Sakraya yesterday? Do tell. Uh. Next question, <laughs> dude. I I am struggling in Sakraya. It's it's rough, man. Like I was watching a video of a tamer with less DP than me that was just 
that pulled like 3,600 trash and he didn't get knocked down a single time in this entire loot scroll. And I swear I get knocked down basically once every rotation. <laughs> well, it's awful. So maybe... yeah, I don't even know what my trash is. I, don't even, I haven't been popping loot scrolls there because I still am trying to figure out how to grind it properly. Right. Uh, Duns says, I feel violated. Was that the mayonnaise or what? What was that related to exactly? Un- I don't know. Unsure. Zodiac Master says, excuse me, sir. I had fun during that community night. Thank you very much, sir. And yes, I did forget the DK combo and it was 3.1 hours. <laughs> Dude. I don't mean to put this guy on blast, but he re-rolled to DK. Or to Musa from DK after that. And he sold. I can't even say it out loud. It hurts my heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that was him. Yeah, He a- sold a Penzarka <laughs> to re-roll, dude. Why? Yeah. That- Why on earth? I mean... No. Questionable decisions, Zodiac. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, I said this already in the Discord, but that's a that's a big oof from me, brother. That's rough. That is very rough. But thanks everybody for leaving a comment. Uh, make sure you leave a comment on uh, this episode as well. I haven't thought of a question I want to ask yet, but I'll probably have it by the end of this episode. So watch all the way to the end of the episode, listen to the question, and then answer it. Damn it. I want to know you guys. I want to. I want to know you guys' answers to the questions that I ask. Otherwise, I won't ask it. If I don't ask a question, then don't answer it because there's no question to answer. That's how this works. But thanks everybody for checking it out. Moving on, we have a very very special guest today. I talked to him like I don't know, uh, three weeks ago about coming on. Schedules didn't align. Didn't end up working out, but it did work out this time around. So now we got him. And he's stuck here with us for the next little bit, however long he kind of wants to be here, or as long as we're going to talk. So, uh, everybody, give a big welcome, everybody that's here, which is me and Frosty, give a big welcome to Tim Allen. Tim, thanks for coming on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then here's my, here's my big welcome. That's me clapping. Yeah. I think you can just so clap while holding down push to talk. I don't have push to talk. <laughs> I have open mic, brother. Oh. Yeah, which is going to be a real problem because I feel a sneeze coming on. I'm going to have to like mute everything at once and then sneeze and then turn it all back on. This uh, podcast is over if you say brother one more time. <laughs> what the hell, brother? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Have a good night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Tim. So uh, we got a lot. We got a pretty decent list of things here we want to talk about, but we got to start off with uh, talking about who you are. In case, for some strange reason, people don't know. I feel like most people know, but maybe someone doesn't. Uh, a lot of our our, our listeners are newer players, and we okay. do actually have quite a bit of EU players as well who, you know, aren't really... They don't really give a shit about NA streamers and stuff like that. So why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, uh, how long you've been playing the game, that kind of stuff. Just a general introduction. Sure. So, it's Tim Allen 1337 on Twitch, YouTube, and Discord. Um, started playing this game a little over three and a half years ago. Um, I was trying to decide between Blade and Soul and Black Desert Online. The first character I picked up was a Sork, and I had no idea how the hell to play it. Didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Moved over to a Warrior. It didn't have enough damage output. Um, and then I played Blade and Soul for a little while, and I'm like, I don't really understand this game either. So I came back to try BDO one more time. 
my family name was Real Monka S, which I'll get back to later. Uh, but uh, I played uh, Mewa, and I loved like the petals coming off the blade and stuff like that, and and the combat of Mewa, and there was you know balanced mobility and damage, and I wasn't you know fragile. I felt like I could do stuff, and I started getting into the intricacies of this game, and it was pretty cool. Uh, so I jo- joined a Node War guild called uh, Crack House back on, uh, we were on Orwin, and uh, we, got our, we got our feet wet into Siege once uh, all the mergers happened with the, with the servers. And uh, I was an officer, and I got, uh, we later t- changed our name to Aftershock, and we started sieging on Balanos and stuff like that. And uh, there's this guy called Swiper No Swiping has a podcast on Twitch where he did like a siege podcast. We'd all talk about uh, what happened in siege and all that kind of stuff. And so I was a representative for that. Um, and then that kind of dwindled away. Or I'm sorry, it didn't dwindle away, but uh, Lakari ended up taking it. Uh, and making it his own because he didn't like the questions supposedly that swiper no swiping was asking and so he did his own on his channel and that's really the what started me thinking about streaming is anytime i queued down and talked um all of lakari's chat would be can't wait to hear tim al resident sleeper and his entire <laughs> chat was just spammed with it and i'm looking at this and you know my background is in business marketing stuff like that i'm going holy shit all these people know who i am like I could start streaming. So I, I tell my wife, I go, hey, um, all these people hate me, so <laughs> I got to start streaming. And she was like, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, and it was. She supported you, know, I was, you when you came on her like that? What? <laughs> she was like, you said these people hate me, so I'm going to start streaming. And she was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, because she understands. You have to understand that there's very little publicity that's bad publicity. The, the adage is that there is no bad publicity, but ultimately, you, <laughs> there certainly is. So this was the, the good kind of bad publicity. You know, the stuff that people knew who you were and were interested or wanted to make fun of you or just watch you because they hate you like a couple other streamers in BDO. But um, either way, it's a good start. Streaming for 20 people that may or may not like you is a lot better than streaming for five. Yeah. So that's what happened. That's it got started. I, I was talking to my wife about this the other day where uh you know, I don't remember how I powered through all those early days and stuff like that. It was really a, a, a big start from the beginning, but you know, it was uh shot calling for aftershock and uh um you know, the podcast eventually fell over to my hands and you know I've been dancing around and going to Xbox and I'm just all things BDO, I just try to get my fingers into it organized podcasts, discords, and group the streamers together, and I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but, you know, where I am now is basically just a, just a grunt in a guild trying to get some frags on Saturday night. Hell yeah, man, that's what it's all about. That's the BDO experience right there. Uh, yeah, it's nice to kind of put down the GM or officer hat and, you know, let other people worry about it so I can focus on other things. Oh yeah, Trust me and Frosty both understand that, trust us. Um, all right, so, uh, I wanted to talk to you about this because, uh, you actually brought it up as a point, you made it clear that we could ask about it if we wanted to. It wasn't even on my radar before that, honestly, but, uh, you mentioned, uh, like, partnership, being partnered with Cacao and Pearl Abyss and stuff like that. Really, yeah. I wanted to ask, like, how much, my main thing I want to ask is how much, like, communication, if any, do you get with Cacao slash Pearl Abyss as, when you're a partner? Or is it just like they don't really give a shit? They basically throw your name on their Twitter and they're like, all right, that's it. 
it's an evolving process, um, and it's two separate conversations, right? So we can talk about um, if you want to know specifically about Cacao Games and their partnership program and the experience I've had there. You know, is way different from what I've had at Pearl Abyss with with Xbox because Pearl Abyss is really? self-publishing Xbox. Oh yeah, it's a complete different team. Huh. So Cacao Games really nothing <laughs> interesting story. You know the Discord that that came up, the Cacao Games Discord, and we all joined it and stuff like that. Um, before that existed, I actually started a Discord where I went, hey, everybody that's like a BDO partner or streams BDO in a meaningful way or anything like that, come join this Discord. And so it wasn't insanely active, but I got uh, the guy who actually runs the partnership program at Cacao Games to join the Discord. And then if you guys remember CM Richter, he was in the Discord as well, too. So we had like an unofficial discord because these guys like weren't allowed to really be in discord or something like that they kind of had a weird relationship with the community with like the 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 chimney you know if you need more cp go, or if you need more max <laughs> oh, no. energy go the do chimney yeah so there was a couple of embarrassing things that they just really kind of made him pull away from the community and so they slowly started getting their feet wet with uh richter and emory coming in and uh and kind of communicating with us. And then I guess it was decided all at once that Pearl Abyss was going to make, you know, coming out with Xbox and Cacao Games, uh, uh, Xbox in a partnership program. So they were doing a Discord. And so Cacao Games did the same thing almost at the same time. So uh, they do give a shit. They do um, talk. There is a partnership channel in that Discord, right? And so if we have questions, comments, or concerns, and, and oftentimes moderators will, um, will stop by and, and send us messages, rather, and uh, ask for feedback. Sorry, I was distracted for a second. They'll ask us for feedback on specific things like uh, witch and wizard buffs. Um, anybody who had any sort of idea or feedback on that, they, they were looking for that. And so I wrote up a big sweaty thing about what needed to be changed for wizard and we saw some of those things come through. I'm sure they were popular. You know, having Chilling Wave being viable, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah, they, they give a shit in a big way. But it, it took a while to get there. And I'm not saying, like, I had anything to do with them making a Discord or anything like that. I think it was obvious. But it was nice in those early days to go, hey, this is wrong or this isn't working. Or I think we're being DDoSed and kind of having that, that direct connection with at least a couple of, I don't want to call them lower level people, but... Um, community managers and stuff to be able to get some sort of feedback on something. Right. But so, uh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to say like I've seen in the uh in the Black Spirit League Discord a lot of times if there's some sort of bug related to like Arsha cuz that's mostly what the BSL deals with is like Arsha bugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like Dr. Positive will always I don't know if you know Dr. Positive, but uh he will always be like, if somebody tells him like, hey, by the way, this bug is really annoying, he'll be like, oh, I'll just go tell one of the, uh, I'll go tell Cacao staff about it. And then he'll come back like 10 minutes later and be like, all right, I told them, they, they said they'll look into it. Is it like, can you literally just go do that? Well, I do know Dr. Positive. I met him at SwitchCon um, when I was on the panel there and he interviewed me uh, during that 3v3 stream. And uh, he's good friends with Good Vibes Guy. And Good Vibes guy recently joined the community management team for Cacao Games. So he can, you know, you can just message Good Vibes guy and get answers for questions that are, you know, within the realm of control. Once you understand the difference between publisher and developer, 
and the control that they have and the issues that you're having. So if you have like a bug in the game, right, where this isn't working or somebody's falling through the, the ground or something like that, that's something a publisher can handle. But if you're like wizard buffs win, uh, you know, that's obviously a developer question. So as long as it's within that realm, you know, you can reach out to these guys. Absolutely. There's a whole list of GMs in the Kakao Games Discord, you know, that can really make things happen for you. Um, you know, if you get in a pinch or something crazy comes up, and I can't think of an example right off the top of my head, but you know, uh, my my account was uh, restricted or suspended pending an investigation a while ago about some crazy drama that happens. And having direct access, it was on a Saturday too, right? You know, so the siege and podcast and all that stuff. I got right to, you know, the GM that I needed to talk to about what was going on and, and hashed it out and helped them figure out what was actually going on and stuff like that. So in a lot of games, it's hard to get that kind of direct contact or communication with anybody that matters on the publishing side or development side. Uh, so it's nice to be able to have that line of communication. Yeah, for sure. What was Especially when you're making a living off of it. <laughs> what was that whole thing about anyway? Wasn't it like something about like account sharing or something like that? No, that was recently. This was a while ago. Somebody's uh, naked pictures were being spread. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and somebody in Discord was just like right-click, change nickname to Tim Allen 1337, Shaky Bay, Fake Uniform, and like a bunch of us got hit with a suspension because of it, because they were promoting that Discord that was spreading naked photos of somebody against their will in the game. So they took action because they were promoting that Discord in the game, and therefore they felt that they had a probable cause or, you know, they, they had the leeway to be able to suspend people's accounts for that which is i don't know i i don't know how i feel about that that kind of it's a hotly debated topic <laughs> yeah that's that's like a my knee-jerk reaction is to be like why the fuck are they banning people in game based on some shit that's going down in a random discord but i don't know like it kind of makes sense i don't know how i feel about it honestly <laughs> but it's like if he was promoting it if he was promoting the discord in game doesn't that just like Okay, it's this guy, and then they just ban him, right? Uh, they they were very upset by it, so they uh, they took a, a larger action than just the person who was promoting the Discord link, and they wanted to find out who was in there participating or whatever the case is. So um, hmm. it was a it was an overstep for sure, in my opinion, but not that they needed to you know, make sure that Tim Allen 1337 was actually in there participating or something like that. They needed a little more proof than just, hey, that says Tim Allen 1337, we need to suspend him. Yeah, the least I, they could have done is clicked on his name and checked his actual Discord name. <laughs> well, that was my stream on Saturday. Somebody that was in that Discord sent me a link of the person who it was, and so I was exonerated because I never even knew that Discord existed. That's crazy, man. That's yeah, it was a weird day. That's kind of crazy how, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. a weird day. Like, I don't mean to, like, suggest that, like, streamers or anything get special privileges, but it's like, when you have a streamer and a partner, and it's like, the fact that they didn't even, like, contact you to be like, hey, like, what the hell is going on? We're seeing these, like, screenshots of, like, suppo exactly. supposedly you, like, if it was, like, rando Jimmy down the street and they had, like, no way of contacting Jimmy... Like, I, I can kind like I that would be more understandable, but it's like... Right, then we have to suspend your account because we have no idea who Jimmy down the street is, and we need to dig into this, and we don't want this to get worse, so we suspend it. 
So I think it was GM Rotez that uh, uh, that did this. It was kind of his thing. He's one of the lead GMs there. Um, and I don't know if he knows who the partnered streamers are. I, it was before the Cacao Games Discord was up and going. And so that line of communication directly to him was not necessarily set. I knew a couple other GMs and, and the marketing manager and stuff at Cacao previously, but, you know, they're not, there's not like a, a notepad pinned on their desk of who <laughs> right. partnered streamers are. And I'm, I'm sure they rarely, if ever, watch my stream, too. So, um, like, it, it took me a while. I was very upset. I was very upset for a long, long time, specifically at him personally. Um, and he's had a couple other in- incidents. But uh, I can say today that they've really got their shit together, honestly. The, the partner Discord is working really well. The lines of communication are way, way better. You know, we, we know when things are coming through a little early. They're still working on getting the... Uh, they've planned some events, and they just haven't come to fruition. But I know the people that work on that, and they're trying real hard. And it's difficult when you don't know what's coming down the pipeline as far as patches are concerned. Patches yeah. just kind of come through on a Monday or a Tuesday. And from what I understand, maybe Pearl Abyss doesn't give them 100% of the information 100% of the time. So sometimes there's a little surprise in there or something like that or a last second addition, you know, in translation and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they that's why when people get mad at Cacao Games, sometimes I white knight them a little bit because sometimes they're just a victim, you know, in the same way that we are. Just something came through, unexpected consequences, oh, and yeah. we have to adapt. And I think, like, for as far back as I can remember, people have always said, like, listen, there's no doubt that some shit that goes down is Cacao's fault, but a lot of it is PAs and, like, the, the shit that they do. So there's always been, like, this idea that, like, yeah, sometimes it is Cacao's fault and they, you know, we should apply blame where blame needs to be applied, but that goes both ways. It's not always their fault, so... uh. I'm curious now, what would you say you were more pissed off about whenever your account was banned by uh, Rotas or when you were kicked from the Siege podcast by Lakari? <laughs> mm. yeah, that's a good one, dude. Dude, I, I felt so bad for you that day. I, I did too. I, I like watched that clip and I just saw like the disdain on your face and I was like, oh man. Okay, so that's I don't annoying. think I've really <laughs> talked about this before. But my, my problem was is I shook Lakari's hand at TwitchCon, you know, looked him in the eye, met him, said hi to him, thanked him for the podcast, Discord, all that stuff, because it, it really helped, you know, make my stream. And I was, uh, I was extremely disappointed that he was uh, willing to cave into, you know, hands goading him on to ban me from the Discord. And, you know, I have a great admin team on the Discord, uh, and so they're, they're able to maintain control and get me back in there and, and continue it. but. Ultimately, it means to an end to get me to create my own podcast Discord, you know, and even since I stepped away from the, the podcast for a little while, um, I was still able to maintain ownership and control of it and oversee it because I don't, I don't think, A, anybody else really wants to do that. B, we have enough people um, that are admins from different guilds to make sure it's run fairly. Uh, I don't think there's a C. Nobody else really wants to do it. And I was looking pretty hard when I was going to Xbox because I didn't want to abandon it, right? Zathian was the only other person I could think of that would even entertain it, you know? And so he did it for a week, really liked it. He had some good ideas. And so I passed it off to him, but ultimately he, he wanted to spend more time with his family and with his guild. And so I was back to trying to figure out who the hell else could do it. 
and really it was I couldn't think of anybody and nobody really put their name in besides myself so yeah oh yeah I, I actually heard that because he took over the podcast, him not focusing on PvP, that Snake hasn't been able to get Medea back. <laughs> Savage. That's a little blow, dude. Uh, dude, Haste is over there now, man. <laughs> uh, I got a question about the new Siege podcast Discord, Tim. Okay. How come I got kicked from it, man? What the hell? I was just sitting there lurking, enjoying the memes and shit, and then one day I don't have access to it anymore. What the hell happened? Uh, what guild are you with? Or were with? I was with Versatile, but then I left the guild, but I, like, I didn't say anything, nor did, like, my other guild, my GM, or my ex-GM, rather, my friend Mina. Like, he didn't say anything, so it was like, cool, I just get to, like, sit here and lurk and look at memes and people read each other and stuff. And then one day I was like, you know what? I haven't been added by Sullysaurus Rex in the in the podcast Discord in a while. Maybe I should take a look. And I couldn't find it on my sidebar. I was like, where is my video podcast Discord? <laughs> so we have a, it's kind of a constant conversation, a back and forth of, do we make it a public Discord? And then we have private channels or, you know, how many people do we really invite? And so one of the big problems that we had moderating the last uh, podcast Discord was it was extremely public. And people just want to push buttons, you know, and, and, and use racial slurs and stuff like that. And ultimately, we decided that none of us really want to babysit a Discord. And the second that you kick somebody for using a racial slur, then like three more pop up or six more pop up. You know, it's whack-a-mole. Right. So if, if we just have responsible people that are attached to active siege guilds participating the memes are great and nothing gets in the way and there's almost no moderation at this point whatsoever everybody knows what it is they're happy to have it and they respect it once you start bringing in a bunch of fuckboys, it turns into exactly what it was and that's what we don't want we reevaluated that with zethian coming in as the host you know because the host pretty much runs the damn thing right and that's i wanted to keep it like that and so we really wanted to challenge that but after a lengthy debate we decided that we could let more people in per Siege Guild, but once somebody was not active for a certain amount of weeks, depending on how long they had been active in the Siege scene, that we would uh, likely just remove them, unless they've been somebody who's been active in the community for years or something like that. So it, it's a little bit of a gray area, but you know, Versatile didn't really Siege very much, and then they were gone or whatever, so we just did, we cleaned house on a couple different guilds at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Tim, if I may, in short, Res, because you're in Clash. Oh, All right, next question. Dude, feels, dude, Clash is like number three Siege Guild in A. We killed Cho the other day. Like, come on, yeah. man, give us credit. <laughs> we beat Cho on a 30-man node with two other guilds, but we won't talk about that part, you know? We beat Cho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we kind of, we had this further down the list, but I guess we can, I mean, we've already talked so much about it, I'm just going to move this up in my little list of things uh the siege podcast i i wanted to talk uh about that and how like how you think it has changed over time and if you think it's changed for like the better it, like if you want it to keep changing like that kind of stuff like what are your what are your feelings on it and like how it is i might be a little too close to the trees to see the forest on this as a whole, but I, I certainly had some time for reflection when I stepped away from it and passed it off to Zethian. 
and I think there's there's three, really maybe four different chapters of the Siege podcast, if you will, where first it was Swiper No Swiping, who really didn't understand the NACH. No disrespect, Swiper. Um, and that kind of pissed off too many key people in the NACH scene, right? So it went off to Lakari. And Lakari's podcast was nothing short of an extension of his own stream. It wasn't really for the community. It was him and Vigor just yelling at each other, right? <laughs> and then, you know, and then when I'm in a situation where people are yelling, I want to yell too. <laughs> Yelling's fun. So I just started yelling along with them. And so I think that that was the first real chapter of the NACH podcast Discord. Um, and then the second chapter would be uh, me taking it over, resurrecting it, really, because it was gone for a little over a month before I started doing it. I just messaged Lucario. I was like, hey, can I have the Discord? And he goes, yep. <laughs> so that works. it was that easy. He said on stream not too long ago that uh, if uh, somebody else had messaged him and asked him, I was just the first, that they would have had it. So Yeah. But, you know, again, I don't think anybody wanted it. I was thinking, once, technically, so. before Swiper did it, technically, wasn't there, like, another... There, It wasn't a Siege podcast. It was just a regular BDO podcast that had, like, a Siege element to it. Maybe. Wasn't that actually where it first started and then Swiper did, started doing... Like his own version of it that it was just Siege, basically? You'd have to ask him. I don't know. I don't recall. I've, it doesn't have a title. It didn't exist. I vaguely remember it. No, the reason I'm thinking about it is because I, I, I can't remember what it was called. It was like the Black Spirit Podcast or something like that. I can't Here's remember. But so, you know, it, and it took me a while to figure out how to host a podcast like this. You know, I was there was there was always a big meme about me being uh, biased and stuff like that. What people didn't realize is that um, I was equally biased against. There's there's things that siege guilds do that I'm biased against, right? When you go back on your word, when you call somebody shit, and then you go and do that, you know, hypocrisy kind of thing. And what really got me is I had too good of a memory with some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> And then maybe I didn't have the respect of my peers either at the same time. And so once I joined Black Rose, um, that made it a little more difficult because Black Rose kind of had their own thoughts on, you know, what should be done in the, in the podcast discord. And I wasn't really interested in taking that in because I was finally getting a handle on, you know, how to create some sort of controversy or, um, you know, point things out that weren't maybe not be obvious because, you know, I played the politics game and I know who these people are for a long time. And so I get to call this stuff out because I know how it works and I know what they're doing. And, uh, so, you know, kind of as that started moving forward, you know, from black Rose and I started finding, you know, my own way, I feel like everybody kind of appreciates when like last week man up versus barcode where barcode pretty much just said fuck you man up and kept a second week of valencia um i don't know if zethian was hosting that if that really would have fleshed out as well as it did previously or as well as it did as well as it did with me doing it and so i feel like that's what i really add to the podcast is i i i like that stuff i want to dig in you know i don't want to just let two people talk it out because sometimes they won't you know so that's that's how I feel it's really evolved is maybe I was a little biased or maybe I just had too good of a memory. And then as I started getting a little better at it, you know, I figured out how to flesh out the conflict and in a, in a way that doesn't piss anybody off. Right. Uh, so I actually did a search and I found this and I'm pretty sure this is what I was thinking of. 
And the reason I remembered it, uh, Frosty, was because uh, it was Aki. It was Aki and a bunch of his friends that did it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this. Oh, I'm like that. I'm like 95% sure this was before Swiper started doing it. Basically, they had their own little podcast, and they, when they first started off, it's called the uh, BDO podcast from the Baffling Black Spirit, and uh, they basically had their own podcast, and Siege was a part of it. But then, like, as they got into later episodes, people just said, oh, we want more, like, Siege, like, people shitting on each other, basically. So, that's, like, that's essentially, like, just what it became. And, Look at uh, Moreland TV in there as a barcode PR person. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? With the same Discord icon he has today. It, even Orca's in there. If you go to the end of it, you see uh, Orca in there, barcode GM. So, that was... This one was just uploaded January 22nd, 2017, oh, over yeah. two years ago. I'm pretty sure this was actually, this is before Swiper, so I think this was actually, like, the very first, this was, like, basically the rough draft, right, of, like, yeah. what a Siege podcast, like, would be, and then Swiper took it, refined it a little bit, made it only about the Siege stuff, and then he started doing it, but he was EU, so he didn't know shit about NA. And then that's when Lakari started doing it, which, like you were saying, was the first real, like, NA Siege podcast type thing. But, uh, yeah, history lesson. Isn't that fun? It um, is. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think that was basically it. Uh, the only two things I wanted to ask is you know, your opinions on the podcast and why I got kicked from it. So I think we're good. <laughs> well, you're, so you're back, you're back full time to hosting the podcast and it's going to be like that for a while or... Yeah, so, um, and it'll tie into when we start talking about Xbox a little bit. So when we move on to that, it'll it'll all make sense. Mm-hmm. But so yes, my question, I am I am back to full time so PC my, streaming and the the podcast. My follow up question is: Are you going to start doing? So I I didn't listen to the siege too much unless I was like involved in some capacity. But Fair. one thing I did read every week that you started doing, I don't know, maybe like three months before it switched over to Zethian is the write-ups that you were doing. Are you guys going to start doing those again? Like you did so, it like the post-Siege write-up. Yeah, those were nice. super like useful. I, re- yeah, that I, would was awesome. read, I would read those literally like every Monday. I was here's like, the, I, I want to know what happened. Guys. Here's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I do this podcast and it helps viewership, which helps streams and, you know, it, it's, it's exposure to some extent. Um, but I'm not getting flooded with donations, bits, or subs because of it, right? It's just kind of a thing that happens to happen on my channel, which is fine. Um, I enjoy doing it. It's, it's because I love the game, I've realized. And it, you know, if other people want to stream it, they're, they're welcome to do so and stuff like that. Um, the last thing I want to do is more pro bono work for the Siege scene. And a Reddit post does not do anything for me besides take one to two hours of combing back through my VOD, remembering what happened, writing it up, writing it up, checking Can't all the Can't get Lucari to write it? <laughs> Jeez, no. Lucari's right. Sorry, my push it to talk when... button failed for a second. And, and huh. spend all this time uh, regurgitating all the streams so people can read it. And I got good feedback on it, but I can't, I can't pay my electric bill with good feedback. <laughs> So I just didn't see a return on investment for the time, for additional time dedicating to the Siege scene. I was working on something with Cacao Games uh, 
that I never really heard back on, and it was when Seam Richter was still with uh, uh, Kakao Games that I, I may bring back up. I found not a way to monetize it necessarily, but a way that would uh, probably be mutually beneficial to Kakao Games and, you know, Tim Allen 1337's channels. So um, they may come back, but if they came back, they'd need to be in official capacity, or else it really wouldn't make sense for me to do it. Didn't, doesn't uh, BDO either South America, I think? I'm pretty sure it's South America. Doesn't their publisher, like, make little, like, clips of, like, all the shit that went down in Siege? Like, with, like, the guild names and shit? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's, there is, I think it's South America, or it's, man, it's one of them. Do that. Um, and there's actually a really funny clip of uh, Pearly Biss talking about doing that for Xbox. And I was co-streaming their stream when they were talking about it. And I, like, zoomed in on my face and started screaming that they were going to steal my content. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, I, I just don't think most of these teams have the manpower or the time to dedicate to stuff like that. Um, and I think without... I think the NA siege scene without the podcast would probably be a little bit more difficult for them to keep in touch with it. So I know that for a fact that those Reddit posts helped out Kakao Games, too. And I'd, I'd like to keep doing it, but, you know, again... It's just got to make sense for me. Right. Uh, yeah, I, 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 can, I can see that. I do wish that uh, I had those back because it was a really nice TLDR, but I can yeah. understand that the, the, the requirement of like, well, this actually isn't like doing anything for me and I can spend more time like with my, with my family, with my guild, or, like, streaming to make actual money, so... Yeah, I'd rather I have to do, do it on a Sunday, you know? It's, like, my one right. real super day off. Like, I don't even really go to Vel, you know? Like, I really just... After Saturday night, I'm spent. Siege, probably shot calling, the podcast, and then, you know, hanging out after the podcast. Everybody likes to shit-talk each other. And then, you know, <laughs> let's wake up the next day. Like, I just need... I need a day off, so that's Sunday, and it's hard for me to pull it together again to spend a couple hours regurgitating Saturday. Right. So let's transition into Xbox because you straight up yeeted off of PC to Xbox. Yeah. Whenever that shit came out, you were like, fuck this shit. I'm out. Peace yep. out. Uh, and then here you are back on PC now. So let's, uh, while we're talking about the siege podcast, let's talk about that first. So whenever you, uh, went to Xbox. You said you wanted to do a Siege podcast for Xbox. Yeah. What was what was the thought process there, and what you know what was going on? Well, so I you know I wanted to transfer my success from. I thought that there would be we'd be breaking open to a whole new section of 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 people on Twitch or YouTube or whatever the case is, and I was right about YouTube. My YouTube channel is. Uh, arguably more successful than my Twitch channel is, quite frankly, um, because of the guides that I put out for Xbox and using Xbox. Um, you know, but the the I'm sorry, what was the question again? I I got well, so, so much ran through my head. Whenever you find it, whenever <laughs> you said like you wanted to do the Siege podcast, oh on right, Xbox. right, right. So I wanted to transfer my success from PC to Xbox, but I think what I really misjudged was the lack of PC players that were going to be over on Xbox and how virgin is the wrong word, but, you know, virgin to MMOs, right? They're just super new. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they just don't, they don't get a lot of the stuff that 
experienced PC players, you know, find a PC player who didn't play WoW, you know, or EverQuest, or EverQuest 2, or Ashes of Creation, whatever, you know, like, find a PC player that hasn't dipped their toe in MMOs, right? So they didn't really, or don't really understand the culture, in my opinion, of how things work. They didn't understand BDO as a whole, and, and why a podcast is necessary, or why we talk about Siege. They didn't even really understand why they should ally together on Saturday so they can beat, you know, a stronger opponent. And so they were just so far out in left field, it was, it was difficult to create that, that drama and that content around Saturday, even though I had a lot of support, both officially and unofficially, to get that done. Uh, ultimately, it was just fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and if it's boring, who the fuck's gonna watch it, right? Yeah, they've got... They've got a long way to go. They've, I think Xbox will be successful in, a, uh, in an average gamer's sense of being successful, not necessarily as a business kind of thing, which it definitely is. But for somebody to go, yeah, I, I would download that game and play it. it. It'll be successful, and it'll start looking more like PC. I think it's going to take a lot more time then I don't want to put words in anybody else's mouth, but I think it's going to take a lot more time for it to look like PC, especially on Saturday, than I had any idea, or just way far and above. Interesting. So what, so what made you jump ship from PC to Xbox? Like, why did you want to do that? I think I needed a break from the <laughs> PC community. I felt a little undervalued, you know, and, and I was getting fucked with pretty often when I was grinding and stuff like that. I was uh, having a tough time finding a stable guild. I was kind of out of guilds to join, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> I wasn't really getting along, and it, I was a little burnt out. I needed a break. Um, and so I think I took just long enough of a break for you know, people on PC to miss me, you know, and to kind of realize that there was... I got a lot of messages from a couple of very specific guilds, you know, really wanting me back into the podcast and the Siege scene and streaming PC. And so the, the outpour of support to come back was, was big, but I, I hated everybody when I left. I really just put my middle finger up and, and walked away, and I didn't log on. I, my PC was off for weeks, you know, unless I was streaming, and that was it. It was just OBS up. I wasn't on Steam. I wasn't on BDO. I was barely on Discord, you know, unless I was with my Xbox Guild or whatever. And so basically, you know, my, my gaming PC turned into a stream PC for my Xbox for a while. I just, <laughs> like you said, yeeted the fuck out. I was just gone, dude. Yeah. Uh, so what was your, I mean, you already talked a little bit about it, but what was it like on the Xbox? Like, what was it like starting over? Uh, I believe you got, like, the Xbox doesn't, didn't even have Cal, or, uh, not Calfee, I'm fucking Madaya, right? Yeah, so we were, we were without Madaya for two weeks, uh, two months, roughly. It was interesting. I didn't. I started playing when Maywa released. But I was, you know, I had Maywa seals or whatever on PC. So it was part of the game that I wasn't familiar with. Honestly, the most I had one of the most fun streams during the release of BDO when Blade Bow Quest, Moreland TV, and I got together and leveled together at you know four a.m. or whatever it was <laughs> when it released. We had a great time doing that. So made some good relationships and and better friendships that I already had. You know, strengthened those. But, you know, playing the game and starting over sounds like fun <laughs> until you start going for try. <laughs> yeah, until you, you hit know, that wall again. Plus 15's cool. You know, that wasn't too terrible. But, you know, just having to gather for hearts and sharps, and that's what you have to wait on, was pretty rough. But they gave us good events that kind of balanced it out. And so, like, 
magic tools on Xbox are like 400,000 and they sit on the market. Really? So, yeah, if you have two or 300 energy or something, which is pretty average right now, 250, I would say, um, you, can really, you can really crank out you know, some hearts and sharps. And they have uh, you know, weekend experience 24-7. Uh, there's no 200% buff or anything like that. So there's a lot of quality of life things that are in there now. You know, they have Valencia, they have Awakenings, they have Absolutes. Uh, but they don't have all the classes, which is kind of weird. What was the weirdest part of this game? Right, so I'm playing Wizard on Xbox and PC. And so I'm a pre-awakened Wizard with Absolutes and Strikers are in the game. So I have no <laughs> super armor. I have no super armor. Right, I've got Meteor and I've got Earthquake and I have Frigid fucking Fog. <laughs> Wait, pre-awakened Striker? That's really funny. Yeah, and so pre-awakened Striker has, uh, let's see, Mass Destruction. Uh, their ground slam, whatever that is, rage hammer. Rage, rage hammer. Um, they have twisted collision, which is a frontal guard into both of those little spinning in the air involve frame super armor things. Nimbus, Nimbus strike as well. Nimbus strike as well. <laughs> you know, so they've got they've got full combinations. I played striker for a long time. I know how to weave all those skills together. And then they have the, and then they have one of the best grabs, you know, out of the pre awakening kits of the classes that were out. So I, I cast lightning and hope that I catch you in a one tiny frame between your dashes when you come up and just walk up to grab me. It's awful. <laughs> and so the, and the absolute skills gave him so much damage. I kept trying to tell people to take, take the uh, Kamehameha, whatever that skill is called. Um, you know, if you do uh, three martial shards into Crouching Tiger and then you, you do your little Kamehameha, it powers it up and, and nobody would listen to me on Xbox. Um, I only told my guild, but they didn't want to put the, the points into that, but, you know, so they still, they, all those strikers were ooking out, but they didn't even, they weren't, they were doing it so bad, and it just hurt my, my feelings, because <laughs> I'm just, I'm dying to the worst striker in the world. They just n- knock you down and, and roaring tiger you, you know, absolute roaring tiger you, and that, that, that was it, you were just dead, you know, and my absolutes didn't matter whatsoever on which wizard. Yeah, what was the, uh, so, you know, you played PC for a long time, you played Xbox for a little while. How was, like, the skill difference, or, like, not necessarily skill difference, like, the, uh, how much did the different controls, like, change things? Um, so the hardest thing wasn't necessarily the, the buttons or the commands or something like that. Uh, Striker had some weird ones. I know their somersault is not conducive, <laughs> we'll say. And so there's some awkward key combinations on the Xbox controller, but really my big thing is I can't zoom out. So with Awakenings and DK, like if the, what's that Shattering Darkness or something that has just a mile range, like you can't see that coming. You can't see it coming. If it's off to the side or behind you, you just get, you just get destroyed from a mile away. Oh, just wait until they get Archer. <laughs> And if you, right, and then if you're trying to, if you're a Musa and you're trying to zoop up to somebody and then spin around at the last second and back attack them, you have to play with 100% sensitivity on your, on your thumbstick. So the thumbstick thing for looking around and the ability to zoom out, which they're working on the ladder, you know, obviously you can't get around looking with a thumbstick, but I, you know, I knew it'd be different and it'd be a different challenge, but, you know, swapping back and forth was fine, um, but the, the key combinations were okay. The looking around sucked. The amount you can uh, zoom out really sucks. And um, not having a keyboard filled with hotkeys really sucks. So yeah. you have to use these ring menus. And they work. 
But, you know, if I'm trying to go through my wizard buffs real quick and then, you know, e-buff, PA, double teleport in, it's just not, you know, it, it, it's a PC game. This is a PC game that people who don't have gaming PCs can now play. But I would say if, if you have a PC that can play BDO, play it on PC. Yeah, there's been quite a few people I've seen recently that say like, yo, I used to play BDO on Xbox, but now I'm coming to PC. Yeah. So there seems to be a bit of a migration from Xbox to PC. Um, One of the biggest challenges, if I can dig in on, on why I left Xbox here for a little bit, is uh, Guildmasters are terrible on Xbox. They make bad decisions. They're arrogant. They don't know how to deal with victory. Uh, they have no structure whatsoever. None of them have any spreadsheets. They don't know who's in their guilds. They don't work with anybody else. They don't set up fights. They think that you should just, like, place on a node and go, you know, YOLO, whatever. And so there's, there's, they don't understand how this game works, and they're extremely resistant to it. And the second you put somebody on Balanos, there's only Balanos and Serendia. Actually, today's the first day uh, Calfion Siege is going to happen. And uh, they just fall apart. You give them Balanos, and they just, the, the guild is dead the next day, you know, or the next week. And so that's what's, in my opinion, really holding it back is these people that decide that they want to run guilds uh, really aren't qualified in any way, shape, or form. And so we saw constant GM swaps. We saw bad mergers. And just it was just, uh, it was just spinning tires the entire time. And so I was in Arsha and, and helped uh, uh, shape that guild and the, and the culture there. And that guild will be fine for a long time. You know, and we have a, a good setup with Moreland TV having the GM ship and then a different player who wasn't a PC player is like the final say. And so we just thought it out. You know, how do we make this guild last, you know, in a new MMO when we know guilds are going to blow up and die and stuff all the time? And I think they did a really good job or we did a really good job with it. But um, ultimately, it just wasn't fun. You know, like, I'm grinding out 6 billion silver, which I've never, like, amassed that m amount of silver. I always, I'm always enhancing. As soon as I have, like, one bill, I'm like, let's buy shit and enhance. And so I'm working towards having 270, uh, 277, 273 AP. And I couldn't, I'm having fun with it because I want to participate and kill more people and all that kind of stuff on Saturdays. I couldn't get myself to get to level 60 on Xbox because there's, I, like, why? So I can kill who? So I can kill the, the, the node fort a little bit faster? I don't give a shit, you know? It, it was, it just, there wasn't enough competition to make it rewarding to grind it out. I got bored, and even though the stream was doing well and the Xbox content on my YouTube was doing extremely well, ultimately it was, gonna, you know, if I'm bored doing something, it's going to catch up. You guys are going to be able to see it, you know, just on my face. Right. And it might be fun to see me being bored for a while, but then ultimately you want to watch somebody who's having fun. I think I would. I try to create a stream that I want to watch, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I wonder if like, so, I mean, th there's almost no denying that people that play uh, consoles are like more casual compared to people that play no like, no no PC no, stuff. no 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 they're not yes, worse yes, yes. they're not more casual no 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 they're i didn't say 12. worse i didn't hold say on worse. hold on let me let me let me talk about this so that <clears throat> excuse me that's the whole thing that i got oh these 12 year olds living in their mom's basement no, absolutely don't have not. any money to buy pearls and they're worse and they're casual and all that i heard all that shit right 
Here's your average Xbox player, in my opinion. Ex-military, well-established, likely mid-30s, early 30s, late 20s, that, you know, 27 to 33 in age. Um, coming out of the military has lots of fuck you money. The average pay-to-win... Remember the, the day where we could melt our costumes into crowns or into crons and everybody melted their shit and everybody was going for pen all the time? Yeah. That's like an average weekday or weekend day on Xbox. These people have money to burn on Xbox. They have money to burn and they throw it out in streams and they, they, they buy costumes constantly. There's so much gear on Xbox. And so these guys are older. They're, you know, most, a lot of ex-military. They're family-oriented, all that kind of stuff. They're not, there's almost no, I ran into like one squeaker the entire time. And so these guys are out there grinding. There's level 61s before Awakenings came out. Like, it was nuts. Not PC players either. Like, just hardcore players. Right. But so what I mean by casual, like, I don't mean that in like a derogatory term or anything like that. And I'm not even referring to like the amount of time they put into the game or anything like that. What I'm referring to when I speak like casual is like, they don't take the game like seriously, like as seriously as a lot of people on PC do. Right. You got PC players like literally running tests and recording things on spreadsheets over the course of several months to figure out what's better between this crystal and this crystal. Right. And like that is a very PC thing to do. See, I I disagree so much with that. I, I don't think that Xbox players wouldn't be doing that if the information was already out there. That's the thing. I just like, don't. I think there's so many Xbox games where people actually do do that. Like even a lot of the stuff that was discovered in I don't know a bunch of old games that are also on PC is discovered on console. And like I I don't know. Like I, yeah, I just don't. I don't buy into that at all. I mean, that's I, I don't fair. even think. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that like those people don't exist on console. What I'm saying is that I feel like there are definitely a lot more of those types of people that like really take this shit seriously probably a bit too seriously on pc as compared to your average like console player well this is what you have to consider (sighs) console's been out for three months where pc's been out for over three years and so what crystal is the best crystal it's the black spirit crystal for pvp you know the awakened black spirit crystal and for pve it's plus one crit and so there's enough PC players out there to just go, well, with these crystals out, like these are, we just don't have all of this other stuff. It's really obvious. We don't need these spreadsheets. And then we can still pull from PC's knowledge too. Because there's, sometimes there's a small amount of like, I don't know if this made it into Xbox, but we're kind of over that. It's, it's basically 99% PC build with very, very different few changes to it. So anything that's kind of canon on PC is canon on Xbox. And so the spreadsheets have kind of been done. We don't have everything that PC has as far as content's concerned. So it's a little easier to see. It's, it's obvious what's best in most cases. And so that culture just isn't necessary yet. Yeah, I suppose that could be the case. Uh, but my question is, like, so it, if people are... Like, basically what I'm getting to is that people on consoles, I, I feel personally, like people that play games on consoles, not just BDO, but it does include BDO, a lot of times they're playing it just to have fun. They don't really care about being the best. And I think that speaks a lot to your 
talk earlier about like competitiveness yeah. and like they don't really care about like grouping together to fight the strongest guild like they're just there to place on a node and let their people just run around do whatever the fuck they want yeah i really think yeah. that is indicative of a, of a of a mindset difference between your average person on pc and your average person playing games on a console uh- Frosty? I have, I'm sorry, I have to interject. Dude, first of all, League of Legends exists where there's millions of people that are in silver that know they're going to be in silver forever, that know they're never going to be able to compete and just want to have fun. That's literally like PC as well. That's not even different from console to PC in any way. Uh, well, what's the difference between like a silver or bronze League player that plays every day and knows they're not going to be pro? That's just playing to have fun versus like an Xbox player. <laughs> Every yeah. silver player thinks they're going to be pro, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I'm going to be pro one day. I mean, come on. Uh, no, I, I see what you're saying. And like I said, like there, there's definitely like there's every people doing everything right. Like, but I, I'm speaking more specifically towards like, I, I think there are a lot more games available on PC and you know they're less available although there's some are like video on console where like shit just gets taken more seriously like video is an example most mmos i think are an example of like this is shit that a lot of people take very very seriously most it's just of time it, yeah it's just time it just needs more time that's most all. most of it is available only on pc although we're starting to see more and more like uh mmos come out on uh console as well and so I, I think that, I don't know, I, I, I see what you're saying, Frosty, and like, there definitely are people on both sides of console and PC that are on both sides of like, I take this like really seriously and this is what I like to do and this is all I like to do and, you know, that kind of mindset. And then they like, you know, I'm just fucking around, I don't really give a shit, like, you know, whatever, like that kind of mindset. They're on both sides, like yeah. definitely for sure. There's uh, nutty extremes on both sides, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I would call the more casual players nutty. I'd call them normal. <laughs> I think no, no, no. I'm, I just meant the people that test stuff and go crazy, like big and shiny types. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's uh, only one big and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. I I went on this for so long. I forgot what I was going to say. I think it was <laughs> something. Sorry. I think it was something to the effect of, I wonder if uh if they'll ever get like serious on xbox like if they'll if their like culture like you said will ever grow to be like ours you know where like it well, is they- taken super seriously and they do have a siege podcast where they talk shit to each other for three hours like you know what i'm saying well i think will they ever have a top tier pro esports division like that <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the biggest mistakes Pearl Abyss made was not releasing Calpheon Castle earlier. Um, if they were, if they had released Calpheon Castle earlier, or maybe even all of the castles, I would have been much more interested in staying in, with Xbox. Uh, but Balanos and Serendia aren't a prize. They're just not in any way, shape, or form. And in that early in the game, with that little market activity, you're getting uh, two to three bill for a territory. You know, which is I think my best payout was 80 mil or something like that, which isn't nothing. But, you know, when you have the, the duo yellow drops and the, and the tet blue drops from day one, you know, for accessories, uh, there was just a, the average money was just way, 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 way higher than, you know, when we were in that point of the game. And so now that there's going to be a castle buff and something to fight over, even though it's just Kelfion, um, 
witch's earrings still sell for quite a bit, and it's it's there's a lot of relics I can drop out of there, and everybody needs memory fragments. So it's a prize. It's something that will make people want to team up together or rotate it or whatever the case is. Where before it's just like fuck it, whoever wins wins. And so I. You know, the game's going to be around a long time. I understand they didn't want to rush stuff, and they wanted to make sure that they had clean releases of content and stuff like that, but every single patch that came out that didn't have... There's no pings. I was a shot caller in Xbox, right? There's, there's no, no pings? Guild pings? There's no guild pings. Oh, no. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. PC that's rough. doesn't even know how good of a fucking shot caller I am now, because I did it without being able to fucking see or ping. <laughs> And oh yeah, because you're all zoomed in. And, and these and these Xbox kids have no idea what northeast, south, or west is. And so I'm like, we're going north. We're going up. We're going by this hill. You know, that's why I have an emote in my stream. My, this is my rock because I just needed a landmark for people to to gravitate towards. And so I could just we're all looking in this direction. All right, everybody head left. They're split around over here. You know, something that was extremely visual for these guys because it was difficult. It was very difficult. Yeah, for sure. I gotta say, uh, saying Balanos and Serendia isn't a prize, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's gotta be rough for the ex-GM of Aftershock who was on <laughs> Balanos for so long. Well, so yeah. it means there's, uh, there's ways to make Balanos a prize, but it requires Kelfion, and I'm not gonna give any trade secrets away here, but um, if, when, it, when only Balanos and Serendia are there and they're only worth two bill, it just, it, it's not worth anything. Now, in PC, when there was all these siege guilds and whoever's name was on the territory got this huge influx of recruitment, and, you know, even though we have a successful siege podcast, we're still only reaching maybe, I don't know, a tenth or a twentieth of the, of the competitive population week after week. So somebody who's tired of their node war guild and wants to join a siege guild, they just hit M and go, oh, Aftershocks on Balanos, they must be doing really well. And so that's what a big part of owning the territory was, and that's why we gave it to Hikamori so many times. Is their guild was died like every other week, and so they were one of the top <laughs> receivers of territories because Adam would keep coming to me and just going, "Hey, if we don't get Balanos, I think my guild's gonna fucking die." Fro- <laughs> Frosty, anything to add to that? <laughs> no, yeah. I, uh, I hear I, they're changing things up in Hiki. They're about to get a new GM if they haven't already. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they have a new GM, but, you know, as long as Adam is the community manager or whatever, I don't think it's ever really going to change that much. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, what is your, uh, what is your relationship with Adam, Tim? Do tell, because I've seen some, uh, I've heard some things. I've seen, I, I you know, there's been some fan art put out between you two. I've seen some shit, you know? We were uh, pretty good friends when we, uh... When I finally convinced him to work with us and start an alliance, and uh, we had a we had a really good run, but ultimately, uh, towards the end, he started uh, backstabbing and being extremely shysty and lying and stuff like that, withholding information, et cetera, et cetera, doing stuff without Mike, doing things that he knew I didn't want him to do. Like we agreed we're not going to do this, and then he just went, "Oh, I'm going to do this anyway." You know, I'd wake up to at 10 in the morning or something, and everything had changed for the siege. I'm speaking specifically about the time I took Medaya and put Snake back on Medaya. Uh, he changed around the details of it when he didn't really understand why I was doing what I was doing. So instead of asking, he just changed it. 
And so I, I really had a tough time with that. I, I don't like being lied to just like anybody else, especially with somebody that I trust and, and liked. And so um, I just wrote him off. And I hate seeing his name in, in the world chat. And I hate seeing Hikamori to, all together. <laughs> I know it's a better guild and they've got a good community over there. And um, things are different. I understand all that. But it just reminds me of, you know, this friend that I had that turned, it, turned out to be just a real pile of shit. <laughs> Feels bad. To, uh, to put it lightly. Yeah, to put, yeah I'm to sorry. Put it. Would you want? Would you do you want an honest answer now? <laughs> would you like to know how I really feel? Uh, what is what? Are you, another person that I know you just enjoy to the fullest. What? It, what do you? Give me your thoughts on uh, Wish Fairy. Oh, I don't have a problem with Wish Fairy. Wish Fairy's got a a thing about him. He, he pulled it the other week, where he bluffs all the time when you're his opponent. <laughs> you know, he goes, he tries to get his way, right? I think the, the week before he was like, don't bring any mercs. And then he, he XD or whoever was like, I'm going to bring mercs. And he goes, well, if you bring mercs, I'm going to bring another guild. You know, and that's, that's his go-to kind of thing. His go-to bluff is I'm going to bring another guild if you don't fight this fight exactly the way I want to. And then when that guild doesn't show up, he goes, well, I wanted to honor the original deal or whatever the case is. <laughs> <laughs> So That's I don't have a problem with Wish Fairy or him paying pearls for people to be in his guild or anything like that. It was <laughs> when when I was going on about Wish Fairy, it was Trap Alliance versus versus Kyokai Alliance, right? And uh-huh. so being able to put out all that bad PR about him was I, that's all it was. Is that it was just marketing, right? So I wanted them to know that Kyokai couldn't actually ever beat Trap Alliance. They needed another guild. And they needed to keep paying these people to come into their guild. WTF Blue got pearls all the time to Merc for Kyokai. And so it wasn't just a rumor, it was corroborated. And so I put it out there, and I think it was successful overall. I'm sure a couple of boys, you know, the high-end boys were like, hey, I could get pearls for Merc in here? Hell yeah. You know, so I'm sure it worked against me a little bit. But overall, I, I feel like it helped my recruitment and our, you know, it fit my culture at Aftershock. And the people that didn't, wanted to defeat that or something, you know what I mean? It created some sort of enemy and a little bit of a, of a marching order, and, you know, we got to kill these kids that pay money to try to kill us, and, you know, made it fun. So I don't have a problem with Wish Fairy. I'm going to be honest. I think Wish Fairy is probably my favorite part of the Siege podcast when he says something and he gets interrupted, and so he just goes, Yeah. <laughs> just waiting for a chance to talk, dude. It gets me every time, dude. <laughs> uh, so, is there is there any chance of uh, an aftershock resurrection? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a chance of it. Um, that was actually my plan. So when I Sethian walks away from the podcast, I can't do two podcasts. I can't do two sieges. Right? They're both on Saturday at you know 9 p.m. Eastern. And so I go, you know, uh, actually Black Rose, some Black Rose members, officers were messaging me, Sasha, actually, too, saying uh, this would be the time to get Aftershock back up and going. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that prevented me from doing that is I don't have access to the original guild. I gave it back to the person who started the community. And so he's got all the elephants and the guild skills and all that kind of stuff. So I'd have to start from scratch or find somebody that has a guild that could toss it over to me or whatever. Um, but I just hit my buddy, Messi, who's been a long-time moderator and all this stuff. I just hit him up. I was like, hey, you guys, I know Vertex is, like, rebuilding. You got a spot for me? And they just go, oh, yeah, absolutely. 
so I, I just got in and there's like 10x aftershock members in in vertex um and you know there's some opportunity there to you know when i back up shot call or whatever like i don't get yelled at or or ridiculed or anything <laughs> it's appreciated so i i like it here i'm i'm doing well and so i think this is the only situation where i would have been not an aftershock so if something happens to vertex uh then that's a strong possibility of me getting that back together it's going to take time Right. But is you know I have aftershock the guild name on my Steam account you know so I just join it it's my main account as a as an officer for a while so I can merc out for Saturdays and slowly start building up a siege guild and guild skills and all that stuff and definitely right. possible. So do you think so you GM for a long time you've gone through the uh, like building up get to siege lose members you're out of siege build up gets you know the back and forth do you think without your reputation. Um, if you were starting from scratch, starting a new guild, even if you knew kind of the things you knew now, like how to run a guild, do you think it's possible to get to siege starting from scratch? And if you do get to siege, is it possible to break into the like top five or six for a newer guild today or not? Is that, is that even a possibility? I think the, if you take a look at a guild like Filter, um, they're not necessarily new, but their, their power is new. And I think guilds like that have the greatest opportunity, the greatest opportunity to break into the top five. Not that they could, because if you look at their pushes, uh, I was watching them fight against Joe and stuff a couple weeks ago. Pushes were dog shit, right? (laughs) You can tell just by the way they move together that they have organizational issues top to bottom. But if they have the structure to create a successful guild, they took powerhouses from man up, uh, I think a couple of Cho, which guild and, is this? Uh, Haste. This filter. is Filter. Filter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They have so got, Ace in there. Yeah, they've got the, they've got uh, all the heavy hitters except for like Mostar, which is like the best Mystic I've ever seen in large scale. He's still in Haste, I believe, but like CP, 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 and all these other guys that just top frag, top frag, top frag are in Filter, and so they've got all this person. That was the hardest thing for me in, in Aftershock was these guilds would break up and I never got a chance of these people joining me. You know, I never got a chance and, and every time I had a top fragger or somebody who was really good at the game and we're ready about to like move into castle sieges finally and all this kind of stuff, they go, hey, I'm going to go join Vertex or Cho or quit the game or a tier one meme guild or something like that. And it's like, you know, if people like you stop <coughs> leaving once a week, you know, losing one <laughs> or two of you a week, we'd be in Valencia. And I, right. I just started saying that to these people, and I was so tired of it. And we'd find replacements, and people would get, you know, big gear increases. And so that's what we decided as a guild is we just, we take risks. We took risks on people and invested in them, and it paid off, I don't know, 60% of the time. You know, and it built loyalty. These guys took me in when I was 480 year score. Now I'm 580, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay in Aftershock. Right. I, so, uh... But to answer the question... Mm-hmm. I think somebody who is kind of fresh with not, not too much personality, I think it's going to be harder for me to start a guild to be in top five than it would be somebody who's fresh. I think my strength is my relationships with literally every other siege guild in the scene. And so I can probably politic my way into, you know, hey, I, I just kind of want to sit on a territory. You guys cool with me taking Serendia? You know, maybe somebody help me out. We scrim for a little bit. I'd, I'd be able to work that out very easily. But as far as recruitment and, and all that, finding officers and, you know, the really hard part, the behind the scenes parts um, might be a little more difficult. 
but I've I've really grown as a shot caller since Aftershock, and so I'd, I'd really look for the opportunity. And Arsha and Xbox proved that proved that. Um, it would be fun to do that again, and that might be a draw, but you know who knows. Um, yeah, that that's one of the things that bugs me so much too. Is like on one hand, I'm mad. Like when I was Jamma uh, Hex, it was like it would frustrate me when someone would leave. But at the same time, it frustrated me more that there's no incentive for them to stay. Like yeah. once they get to a point where they're strong enough to go into a guild that actually has payouts and can sit on a castle and have good fights, it's like, why, why would you stay? I, I do kind of wish there was some incentive to stay with your guild. Um, you know, kind of like the NBA, how you get the Supermax contract when you stay with the guild. They need something like that. You get bonus pay if you've been with a guild for a long time or something. I don't know. Because, yeah, it's hard, man. It's like it literally is, but... all all these baby guilds are developing players for the strong guilds. And you have to you have to create you have to create loyalty by by defining I think one of the weaknesses, one of the biggest weaknesses of Guildmasters and Black Desert Online that stretches across all platforms and regions is Guildmasters' inability to define what success is. Because people want to win, but there is no winning in the sandbox game. So when you define what your goals are, you make small achievable goals, and you define what success is, and then everybody can have fun in that success, even if the success is failure, right? Even if it's, hey, politics didn't work out this week, we're about to get turbo zerg. Let's see who can top frag, you'll get an extra payout, and let's, uh, but we have to survive 10 minutes. You know, just make a game out of it, make it fun. That's what keeps people there, it's, it's a video game, and so, my thought process on the Xbox Arsha side was, first, we're a PvP guild. No, I'm sorry. First, we have fun. Second, we're a PvP guild. And so if my shot calling and the fights that we're having aren't fun, then nothing else matters. Right. And, and that's, that's where I have kind of a difference with Sasha and the way that he shot calls and, and does his PvP and stuff like that is yelling, 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 yelling. But the, the victory is the fun. And that, that's backwards for me. You know, I want it to be fun. We laugh. You know, somebody says a bad word in chat or something like that or farts on the microphone or whatever the case is. And we all have a giggle at it. And then, you know, we focus back up and we ultimately win the fight. So yeah. I feel like, in my opinion, that, that that's a big weakness a lot of these guys have. And that's how you retain. We actually used to, <laughs> we actually used to have a, a committee in Aftershock called the Member Retention Committee. And their job was to reach out and make sure everybody felt welcomed and, and brought into the guild and part of the, you know, are you coming into comms? Or, or do you know about payouts? Are you comfortable with all this stuff? And so, you know, just like any, anything in business, maintaining a customer is way, way less expensive than getting a new one and training them and all that kind of stuff or an employee or, you know, whatever. I'm, I like this quote. I'm writing it down. There's no winning in a sandbox and thus Tim Allen agrees pay to win can't <laughs> exist. <laughs> there is only convenience there is no winning i mean i would say full pin accessories full pin armor and weapons with level 20 caphras i would say that's winning yeah right, but now black star is out you know and so the, it, it's it's not the wow treadmill necessarily with okay you got all this gear here's the next level of gear that's right, exactly it's like the same a little bit different or hey, but there or, is, or they the are flip side. Out. The flip you side. Know, here's all this gear. Now we're taking it all away. Go back to 2004. 
Well, they need to, right exactly, <laughs> but they they need to keep coming out with boss gear so people buy artisan memories, you know. So you keep needing right. memory fragments and you keep needing sharps, and they need to keep the market healthy in order to do that. New, better crystals and gear and all that stuff needs to continue to come out, and so that's how the business model works. That's how the game works. That's how all these games work. Is if you win an MMO, if there's a, a you win screen, you know, there's no game mode plus. So. Don't you lose, uh, like, an insane amount of durability when you're failing uh, enchants? Yeah, 20. 20. I remember somebody in the guild was like, why do you lose so much durability on Black Star weapons whenever you're enhancing? And somebody was like, because it's a really good weapon. And I was like, no, because they need more artists and memory cells. What do you mean? Well, I think it... <laughs> it I don't disagree with you, right? But... I think what it does is allows somebody who has a Penzarka like me to be okay with Tet Blackstar. Right. Because if you get Tet Blackstar, you basically got a pen. Yep. And I look at that and I go, good for you. Good for you. It costs yeah. you an arm and a leg like it cost me to get a Penzarka. And, you know, I can accept that. But if they just came out with a new weapon where you just get Tet, you know, on a 60 stack like every, everything else, and, hey, it's as good or better than my Penzarka, and the, the opportunity for it to go pin makes it insanely better, then I'd be pretty upset about that, you know, and this game would be, uh, it'd be an obvious cash grab. Where I don't think we're in that situation with the way that they structured Blackstar. What if someone in your guild, like in mine, a ninja named Alpo, gets pen black star in a second attempt then how do you feel <laughs> that's fine i mean that's insane right that's fun you know that's fun and yeah. that's the f i know people kind of cringe when you, you put fun and enhancing together in the same sentence but that is somebody that's got the balls to do that you know fortune favors the bold man yeah uh or destroys I them internally <laughs> I'd like to know how many pearls a week are you uh, spending to be succeeding all your tets on 60 stacks because I'm sitting on three 100s right now and it is not a good time <laughs> uh, I am a BDO partner and uh, uh, I, know a bunch of, <laughs> I know a bunch of the GM's personal phone numbers and... yo listen I don't stream but this YouTube channel is pretty okay so yo, shout out cacao hit me up baby 1-800-I-NEED-RNG. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> well, no, uh, I just... That's that's another thing that got me back into PC is uh, I blew up my armor and my uh, awakening weapon in my offhand. And uh, I got my awakening weapon back on, like, a 99 stack or something like that just so I could, like, go hit stuff and see if I really wanted to come back. Uh, and then I got my Nuver back to Tet, and it shit out, like, four... Three. It shit out four... four three... 60 or 70 stacks trying to get it back to tet and then i think i one tapped all of those tets for my armor to get back to tet it was a really fun enhancement session that cost about 150 dollars but i got it all back and so you know i got it all back at once feels good and and your main uh, striker now or was it <laughs> wizard no, no was striker it? for me no, you know, no more striker, striker. <laughs> oh, striker for me. Well, how how was your experience on striker? Do tell. You're fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> Isn't this like the one thing I told you I didn't want to talk about? A striker? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> ultimately, I couldn't figure the class. I I had a really good handle on the one v one mechanics of the class, but when they started taking away the DP and all the all the really bad holes that they have in their kit, like uh, uh, Nimbus Strike. 
it right loses its super land. armor the second you hit the ground. Um, and then falling out of the sky when you twist a collision. Like, that shit just <laughs> boiled my fucking blood. I, I hated it. And then the, the, the slide for mass destruction is just so goddamn long when you're trying to maintain a super armor chain in large scale. So I don't know where the fuck I'm supposed to be on a striker besides, like, surprise motherfucker leg drop kind of thing. And I just didn't have the AP for that. If you had 208, uh, 281 AP, you know, back when I was playing striker, you'd blow some kids up. But with my 261 or whatever I had, it just, it, and the PvE was so bad. So I just couldn't figure it out. So once they started taking away magic DP from us, I'm like, I'm fucking out. I'm just going to go play Witcher Wizard. So you plan on, uh, once they keep buffing Strikers PvE, you're going to reroll back? <laughs> the only reroll I would consider is if they came out with the full skill EXP swap coupons again, I'd probably go to Witch. Really? Uh, it's a better class top to bottom, and them buffing Cataclysm, I'm sorry, buffing Voltaic and Thunderstorm is it's fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was questionable. And then uh, Chilling Wave can never be Yoke of Ordeal because Norroll, you know, Gore Roll goes behind the target, right? right. So that's where all that extra damage comes from. So Chilling Wave can never be that. Voltaic, it already does more damage and has <laughs> way faster cast time. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm 270, the only thing I'd miss, and I think I, I play this pretty well with Wizard, is Sage's Rage, the Rebomb Fireball. If 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 you can skirt around the outsides of a of a fight, you know, in an RBF. When I stream today, watch me RBF, and I really just meteor Sage's Rage, and then if it looks good, if I get two or three knockdowns, double teleport, cataclysm, bolide of destruction. Being able to kind of set that up for other people or yourselves is something that um makes Wizard kind of a a patient class, you know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's got its own benefits and, and it's stuff I really like. And wizard used to grind better than witch, but I don't know if that's the case anymore. <laughs> yeah. One of the things, uh, when we had Jackie Felix on, uh, I mentioned one of the things that maybe could help chilling wave be on par with gore roll is like, so you know how, uh, Arn, the spirit, it like gets yep. in front of you and it shoots out. Right. What if it was like Arn spawned at the end of Chilling Wave and shot backwards towards you? So your damage was OP. going forward and her was going backwards. Because uh, Gore Roll is like half and half, right? Right. And so if you just had if you if you just pincered somebody with a skill, I think that'd be too OP, or they'd have to turn. It'd be too OP. Well, I you could adjust you it just, as needed, right? But I, I I just I was trying to think basically of something be that unblockable, could help it. you know. I don't yeah. think unblockable is, is necessarily fair, but I think they just should have Arn, you know, roll around like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> just like Gore. <laughs> just, <laughs> just roll around. around. That's funny. It could be like a, like a slip and slide. She just goes like flying <laughs> down it. <laughs> now we're thinking, get a padded pen down. Let's, let's write this shit down. You're not gonna, are you going to try out Shy? Nah, I don't care about support class. What? What about that cool weapon? She beats people over the head with a banjo. I could not give a <laughs> shit banjo. about Shy. I have no interest in it whatsoever. the The only thing that really interests me is, and uh, Sasha talks about this on his stream, and he we we talked about it a few times. Is uh, maybe it frees up which wizard to be more of a damage focused class, and they start kind of giving instead of everybody in Black Desert Online being a DPS role. Maybe they actually start giving some some identity to these classes in PvP, where we we're not just you know heal, Jin heal, 
solo heal, uh, PA, you know, all these kind of buffs and stuff like that, you know, maybe they turn Wizard into just like, it doesn't have any buffs, but man, they just up their damage by 25% or something like that. Let but me, they don't have heal anymore. They don't have PA anymore. You let know me I mean? pitch this idea to you. <laughs> it's been this thing. Frosty's probably tired of he- hearing it. A lot so of It's our, just never going to happen. That's why. I know it's never going to happen, but I'm going to keep shilling it until the day I die, damn it. Okay. Picture this, Tim. So you know how you have your passives at the bottom of your skill tree, right? Imagine if there were like two trees at the bottom, two passive trees at the bottom of every class. And essentially, when you take one of them, it locks you out of the other one. And these trees like specializations. Yes, these trees drastically change how the class functions. So my example that I gave a while back was for Berserker. And essentially, you could choose either like you take this passive tree that like maybe gives you more health, more DR, more evasion. It could even lock out certain skills or give you access to new skills, something like that. Or you could choose this other tree where it gave you like more AP, but it like take away some of your health, like stuff like that to make it to where not everybody is just in the same boat, you know? Well, yeah. So you're, you're getting dangerously close to a good idea. But you're you're addressing a problem in the game in that it's the the homogenization of gear, right? Where does it really matter if you take muskins over ergons, right? Unless you're dedicating yourself to a full evasion build or a full DR build. As long as you have those numbers, that's all that really matters. And for ninety nine for most of us, that's fun enough, right? Like we just get the numbers, we get the numbers, we're more powerful, we're more powerful. But ultimately, Renown never really got removed. And the way that things get kind of shuffled around and, and homogenized is that I think maybe the execution of your idea isn't perfect, but you're on to something where... Well, no, that's you know, just like a rough sac- draft, you gotta sac- Right, exactly. Sacrifice this so you can be more of that. Exactly, exactly. Yep. And, and, like- and they try to do it with gear, but it, it just... For whatever reason, to me, it just doesn't quite feel right you know it doesn't feel like there, there there should be a free way to do it not just well time to get sissel's necklace and a centaur's belt to pen instead of you know the thing that i already have i feel like you should be able to specialize outside of gear at least a little bit right yeah i'm that's the that's the idea and like i said it's just like a rough idea like obviously i don't have exact numbers or you know anything like that but like, just allowing the classes to, like you said, specialize in what they want to do, right? So if you're a berserker, you can choose whether you want to be a tank berserker or a DPS berserker. If you're a wizard, you can choose whether you want to be a DPS wizard or a supportive wizard. Like, right, yeah. Those different types that- of things. You could even apply it to shy. Like, you could give shy, like, do you want to be, like, an offensive support where it's all about, like, debuffs and CCs and stuff like that? Or do you want to be a defensive support where you're all about, like, buffs for your team and heals and stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? And I think World of Warcraft was really, really smart with having different specializations. You can be a tank druid, you can be a healing druid, you can be a damage druid. You want to play druid? You can play druid. How do you want to play druid? That's how you want to play druid? Good for you. Here yeah. you go. Here's what you need. And so, I, I don't know if that really fits in a game like this, but... Having, again, you know, like where the Z buff is or something, you pick, you know, instead of locking one, you've got two different, maybe, maybe it's just a buff where you lose 50 DP and you gain 25 AP for five minutes, you know, and it's a five minute cooldown and you have two that you can choose and maybe be situational or something like that. I, I, I think that would, 
that would work in in co- in uh, concert with kind of the the fringe gear, the DP gear, or the accuracy gear that's out there, and to create some better rock paper scissors. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Um. Also, another thing I didn't write this down because it's just kind of like apparently this is just a thing we do with every guest now. Because uh, I just like hearing people's thoughts on it and stuff like that. Let's talk a tiny bit about PA, protected area, not prolibus, protected okay. area. What what are, kind of give me your rough thoughts on PA. Should it change? Is it necessary? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I don't know. What do you think this game would look like without PA? <laughs> you know, right. that's... If they changed literally nothing else, it would look kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. I think... It shouldn't be nearly as powerful as it is. I think it should be way, way, way less DP and have a considerably longer uh, uh, duration to it. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, like I think that. if it was 100 DP for 15 seconds, I think that'd be fine. Or maybe even just 50. You know, just something where you, you, you don't get blasted by that 290 AP ninja. You know, just enough to kind of keep you alive. But if you get focused by a group, you're still dead. And we're kind of getting to that AP bracket now. I think a lot of these decisions... I think the developer of this game, obviously, is a fucking genius. Just a madman locked in a closet that just shits out. A beautiful image of a, of a gorgeous MMO. But it's taken a while for some of this guy's ideas to come to fruition. And this is just like my own fantasy of, of how this game looks. because. Protected area made no fucking sense when we all had 200 AP, but now that we have 280 AP and stuff, and we're working towards 300 AP, our protected area you you still die in a PA push, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you so know, when much. we're just starting to get to that point, so I'd like to see it tuned down. I think for, since day one, it's been completely overtuned. I remember the days when we really didn't know what protective area was, and there was no PA pushes. Um, but now that everything's kind of hyper-organized and stuff like that, if, I think if we took substantial amount of the DP out of it and uh, up the duration considerably, I think it would make more sense. You know, it'd be more stable. So you know, the, the B- PA baiting and stuff like that, it's not really fun. You know, it, it is, but it's not. Yeah, so over the course of the past... A uh, couple months where we've been talking about PA, there's been a couple interesting ideas that we are, we've heard or we've come up with or whatever. Uh, let me throw a couple of them at you. Sure. Uh, one really interesting idea, it has a lot of downsides, but I think it is very interesting, is the idea to have PA be an actual area. So whenever they cast PA, which it was a cast PA, you see that it casts a little bubble for the animation. No, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Why? Why is it stupid? I think That's it's kind of cool. the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like Blade and Soul Force Masters PA. That doesn't work in this game. This game's about movement. This game's about mobility. This game's not about standing there. There's so rare, so rare of a time. Okay, there's front lines to a fight, right? And and one of the oldest things you do in a PvP game is you fight on, uh, you fight on corpses, right? So you see somebody die next to you, in front of you, then you need to shift your body up into that so you can hold the line. And so I could see a skill that could give a buff in an area on the ground, but that's, that's not what... You, that's, if you just took PA from casting on people to being a spot on the ground, it would, it would make it so much fucking worse. Fair enough. I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. Uh, yeah. 
Another thing is, uh, I think I said this uh, two weeks ago, is have it be, have it give less DP for higher DP people. So it essentially like normalizes DP a little bit. And the overall like highest amount of DP you would be at would be like significantly lower. It wouldn't be at a thousand. It would be like, you know, like 500 or something like that. What if it was just a personal skill for which wizard? Yeah, and it didn't See, cast on other people. I hate the the that this idea the one you just said, Rezzer, just because it punishes people for gearing up, which makes no sense. I don't know if it does though. It makes it. it I mean, uh, it does. It literally uh, just equalizes gear for no reason. Yeah, I don't like that idea either. I think that's even worse than the putting it on the ground. Okay. Okay. Uh, you have any good ideas, or are you just wasting <laughs> time? No, man. They're all yes. bad. No, they're uh, all bad. They're about PA. They can't be good. Yeah, the thing is, is like PA is such an integral part of the game. It's so hard to like change it in a way that like makes sense and is also like legitimately a good like way. You know what I'm saying? I, I think you, the, you touch PA at all and it changes fucking yeah, everything. Exactly. The problem, I think they're scared. The problem is that no one's willing to admit is that the way Pearl Abyss did PA is perfect and we need to accept it. You need to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about perfect, but I mean, I could not be improved further. It's absolute perfect. <laughs> I do think that, like, I, I, I do think that maybe Tim had the best uh, suggestion where you lower the DP it gives a little bit, but you extend the duration. Even, like, I don't know. Like, the idea of a personal PA is something Frosty said for a long time that maybe everybody gets their own personal PA, like, not just Witch no, and I, Wizard. And it mm. works like V, basically. I think I, just certain classes. I don't. I, I don't want to see a zerker with uh, a personal PA my, at all. My, for any my reason, thing with know? the PA, well, I, I do like Tim's idea. I do still think like overall toughness of everyone would just need to be increased because the problem is all right. So everyone, the CC changes all happen. There's now a CC limit because people hated being locked down for 20 seconds in a combo or 15 seconds or whatever. But what's worse than being locked down is being dead and right. Right now, you already die super fast. So if you lower the DP, you're just going to be looking at a resurrection screen for an entire Node War Siege, and it's freaking awful. Like, I, I don't know what the problem would be increasing the DP of everyone, like just the base DP of everyone by, I don't even know what percent, but just a small amount, so that way fights just last a little bit longer well now you're talking about time to kill which is actually something that that cacao games has been probing the partners about and mm -hmm. um huntler is actually not surprisingly uh vehemently against longer time to kill but in the uh in the experiences i've had with uh hardcore full loot pvp skill-based pvp games uh and even just like games like league of legends and stuff you don't want to time to kill is important right now I don't want to kill somebody with Cataclysm Bolide. That's not fun. It's satisfying, but it's not fun, right? Double teleport, Cataclysm Bolide, three people dead. That sucks. What I want to do is catch them with Water Sphere, another follow-up skill, reposition, then do a combo, and maybe they survive if they have a little bit of gear. And so, you know, when a ninja just comes up behind me and I die in the middle of their second skill, you know, one and a half skilled, <laughs> that's not fun. That doesn't, that doesn't take skill. Do you, you, know, don't, I you just, don't like I dying just get in a fucking ascension? <laughs> right. It's, it's stupid. And so, you know, when I was on my striker, I was a little more tanky and, and the AP was a little bit lower. And I, there was a chance that, you know, whatever the, where the grass comes out of the ground is kind of the last skill that they use for uh, the combo. 
there was a chance I'd walk away with with 50 to 200 AP unless it was fighting like cooler or something like that. And I thought that was great. They had to get their whole combo off. And so when I fought a bad ninja, I could punish him. I could I could bait them in, eat some of their damage on super armor, and then do like a risky somersault or something. I caught so many ninjas doing rage hammer somersault. I can't even tell you. And so <laughs> yeah. But now they all have 280 AP and it's, you know, dying in the middle of Serpent Ascension, like you said. It's, it's not fun. So time to kill needs to be extended, but you don't need to have a, a ninja do two full combos on you to kill you because then you're unkillable because you do have CC caps, you know. Mm-hmm. You do have um, a large-scale focus. And so I, finding the right balance of time to kill is difficult. I don't think they should have removed Renown. I think they should have tweaked it. Because I think as you gain more AP, you should gain more DP and DP and AP because it allows them to be able to balance things out so we don't have this one-shot meta. But some people like a one-shot meta. Um, but I think when you're focused on large scale, it's going to be a one-shot meta. Focus fire this area. Those people get deleted. Right. But if everybody's one-shotting and you focus fire that area even harder, I mean, that's why you need PA. But then the entire game's focus is protected area I, I, so it makes like rbf really weird right like rbf is weird when you fight it it's fun it's because it's not organized but if you organized rbf it'd, it'd just be kind of weird so i i don't know i'm rambling a little bit but time to kill is really important and yeah. i think they're taking a look at it because it's definitely too low <clears throat> i do think there's honestly like like one of the most fun things that ever happens in this game aside from like successful difficult enchants is whenever you're trying to kill somebody and in the back of your head you're like oh fuck he's actually not gonna go down at the end of this combo and right when you see them getting up like you do like the last move that you're gonna do before you got out of dodge and it ended up killing them like just in time yeah like you didn't two shot them you didn't grapple them in serpent ascension and they died or shadow stomp in serpent ascension and they died like, you just barely were able to make it in time. Like, that is some of the most satisfying and fun gameplay I've ever experienced in this game. Honestly. Yep. Agreed. Um, well, we kind of got I, off track. I like, I like when I die on the initial float. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should put armor on. <laughs> I did have one more suggestion I wanted to throw at you, Tim. You'll probably hate this oh, one, God. too, just because you're out to get me. <laughs> Uh, what if, uh, I thought maybe what if PA, instead of increasing your allies defense, what if it was an offensive skill and you used it to reduce your enemies AP? I think instead of doing that, they should come out with a necromancer class. Yes. They need, they need a, a, a debuff, you know, kind of like, a. I, I talk about the enchanter or enchantress from, uh, uh, EverQuest mm-hmm. where they were focused on buffing their own, uh, teammates little bit of CC and debuffs. Like, I'd love to play a class like that. Yeah, that'd be really I'd, fun. I'd love to play a that'd class like that. So well, I think you're onto something there, but I don't think that's what you turn PA into. Too bad, because the next class is a Rudum with a Scimitar. <laughs> is it really? Stupid. No. Okay. The Scimitar <laughs> thing's different, but yeah. Um, dude, a Necro would be awesome, but you, like, can't have Raising the Dead. I mean, it, it could be in skill animations, but you can't. Can you imagine like a uh, hundred man where like there's fifteen necromancers that all have like fifteen raised skeletons that fucking lag? Well, I mean, we already have witch and wizard pads, so yeah. which are which are uh, yeah, I know they those bother me too. 
Speaking of raising yeah. the dead, I meant to ask this earlier, but I forgot. Do you guys think the game has been better or worse after the removal of medkits and siege and stuff? Oh uh, god, so much better. better. <laughs> a lot better. Dude, all, all medkits did is benefit the already stronger guild by yep, making it, it so, so their oppressive. push never, ever, ever died, even if you killed some people. I hate it. Yeah, I hated medkits. Also, yeah, the mechanic of it was kind of awful. <laughs> also, I love that so many people didn't know on WizWitch how to use resurrection. They'd all like yeah. put it on their hotbar and they're just pressing a button like, uh, <laughs> it's not resing you. I have you yeah. targeted. <laughs> that shit was so funny, dude. It was basically a gamble whether the resurrection was going to work or not. What, do uh, you think, uh, do you miss medkits? Uh, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks maybe they didn't need to remove them altogether and maybe just change them to where. Like, they still had a use, but it wasn't... Like you guys said, it was super oppressive. Like, it was just annoying as shit. Like, I always thought, like... I never thought about when we had medkits. I never thought about removing them. I always thought that, like... It's just stupid how when you get res by a medkit, you can use a medkit. Like, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's kind of stupid. Like, I think medkits... I won't say they were fine, but I always thought of a way trying to think of a way that made them like fix them without removing them altogether because i think that they were i don't know it was just another part of of large scale that you had to account for it added another access to the game you know i don't know yeah it's just that the problem was is the yeah again like if let's say if we're in a 1v1 and the person we're against is slightly stronger but we can out strategize them by like, all right, let's hit their push on the way to our base, and then when we res up, they're going to get to our base, but be whittled down, except now they have their full army again. Right. And for they literally get to ignore respawn timers while you don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was like, yeah. it just Which made... is like, the biggest thing about today is like, because a while back, like a while back, they increased siege timers, right? So now like, mm -hmm. now it's baseline like one minute, which that wasn't the case back in the day. It used to be like 20 seconds when you, at the beginning of siege, when you had full recos and shit like that, it was like a node war. So it's like, in today's siege, medkits would be the fucking worst. <laughs> Yep. Like you're sitting there waiting for two minutes to res, and <laughs> they got a full thing on your fucking base, you know. Medkits uh, were basically a flag of determination and uh, a spawn time cut cutter at the same time that you just carried in your inventory. So you know, not to beat a dead horse, but incredibly oppressive. Yeah. And uh, res when if they ever send you a, a like a survey for your feedback on the game. Please don't fucking fill it out. <laughs> yes. Yes, dude, because he, he wants this game to be World of Warcraft or EverQuest. He doesn't like BDO is the problem. I don't. I think the only way that I want this game to be like World of Warcraft or EverQuest is I think that this game actually would benefit from becoming a Trinity-type game. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's literally it. Oh, I think there's God. aspects. I, I think they try too hard to stay away from uh, World of Warcraft and EverQuest. Um, you know, like the necromancer idea or, you know, maybe having a little bit more specialization. But if they, you know, let's say that the exact amount of World of Warcraft that they need to put into this game is like 4% and they put 4.1%, it's going to, everybody's going to freak the fuck out. So <laughs> I think everybody would freak out anyway, honestly. Well, I mean, I, not, not like tab targeting or anything like that, but just a little, just a little additions, you know, things that would kind of augment what's already here. Yeah. I think there's something that, you know, we can, 
not have to pretend, you know, Korea can acknowledge that those games were successful and, and have things that made it fun and, and versatile and stuff like that, besides just paying $30 to re-roll your coupon, to re-roll your uh, weapon to a different class. You know, you can make, you know, again, we, we, we talked about that a lot. You can make each class just a little bit more versatile, so. Yeah, exactly. I have That's a, overall... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go I ahead. was just going to say, I have an overall general question on the game. So when you left to Xbox, like right at that time, I think Central Market was pretty new, right? Like it maybe... Yeah, it actually came out on Xbox beta first, and then it was <laughs> released right about the same time. Right. So since since then, and, and you've come back, we have this Black Spirit Locker. We have a bunch of new grind spots. We have the Central Market. We have Dark Rifts. Um, they have this new daily Calfion quest, like all sorts of shit. Um, and I, I don't know, it's like, it, it comes out like so rapidly, but overall, like with all that new shit, do you, do you like the direction the game's going? Is it better today than it was like before? Like what are your kind of thoughts? Yeah. So dark rifts were terrible when they came out because it just, it just ruined the market, right? Mm -hmm. It, It wasn't, you couldn't grind. And so I think making Cron Stones, you know, the, the likely outcome of it, but still being able to get a prior duo Ogre Ring, so it's still worth doing, and a nice little extra chunk of change is great. But, I mean, they've ruined the market for so long. But now that the central market is kind of stabilized, and they fixed Dark Rifts and the loot system and stuff like that, I think what was... I have a, a conspiracy theory that the, uh, uh, Shadow Arena was taking up so much time that it pushed back a lot of, a lot of content. And so that's why we're kind of seeing this now. I feel like they're like, hey, we have this really great idea. And it was a cool idea. Um, but ultimately, they couldn't make it work for security reasons, right? So now they're like, all right, back to the game. You know, and it's, it's pretty nice because we were, we were neglected for a little while. So I was, I've been buying stuff and I've been like really hustling some money and really, really work in the central market lately. And now that it's matured and stabilized there's opportunities that literally sit on the market to make money you know and there's there's things people aren't doing or forgot about you know that i'm capitalize off capitalizing off right now and that's that's a big part of any game for me is the market you know when it was based on rng it had to do a captcha code to buy a piece of gear it was dog shit you know <laughs> but if a thousand people want uh, a tree spirit armor at a certain level, it's it's up to RNG. You know, it's not first come first serve. It's just like, let's see who gets it. And I I like that. You just leave the money there. You can have many pre orders as you want. I I think the central market scared the shit out of me in the beginning. But now thing you can buy logs. You know, you could never buy logs before, and it it creates access to things where it's like, well, fuck, I got to go cut trees now. And it goes, ah, well, it's not really worth it to me. I got twenty billion in the bank. I'm just gonna buy these fucking logs so I can make my uh, boat. And so it's made the game easier if you want it to be or more accessible you don't have to waste time doing things it it made it more fun because you don't have to waste time doing other things as far as the new grind spots and stuff it's it's opened up the uh the map a little bit so it's a little less contested which i think you know if you want to go to arsha and get your pvp at your grind spot you can definitely do that but i think majority of the players in this game want to grind you know unless they're on arsha and so for us to be able to go, hey, Balanos 3, going to go over to trees. Oh, shit, somebody's there. Let me channel swap. Balanos 4. Hey, nobody's here. Great. And then you don't get fucked with for like six hours. And the culture is, you know, somebody walks up and go, hey, are you done with this grind spot or duel for grind spot? I don't want to get into the duel for grind spot conversation, <laughs> by the way. But 
You know, there's a little <laughs> bit of etiquette to it. It's not just a bunch of apes dragging their knuckles across the ground and, and fighting all the time. But And there is a server for that if you'd like to do it. So I like that it's opening up. I like that there's a couple of 40 to 100 mil an hour grind spots that are coming out and being viable and stuff. And so I think the direction of the game is, is going in a very good direction. It's becoming more fun. This, this game has <laughs> weekly updates and stuff. Like, you just when you play World of Warcraft, since we've been bringing that up so much, your expansion is your content for the most part, you know, for the year. You know, you get a couple new raids or something, but then you're kind of left alone for six to eight months while, you know, all the idiots try to figure out how to kill Naxxramas. Yeah. So that, that, that sucks. That's one of, like, the most underrated things in this game is how much shit comes out literally on a weekly basis, even if it's just, like, minor fixes or changes. But, like, that patchless change log weekly is actually kind of insane. Yeah. Yep. Unless your uh, your your expansion is your content, unless you're Battle for Azeroth, and then nobody gives a fuck, and they have to <laughs> fix the shit halfway through. <laughs> yeah, that's been pretty funny. Uh, oh, yeah, fuck. so I think they're striking a good balance in a couple different ways, and you know, uh, pushing us further in gear. I think they just have to consider time to kill. I think that's the the next highest thing on my list for this game is is addressing time to kill and, and making sure it's exactly what it should be. Uh, and they're going to continue to come out with new classes in this game. So, you know, I like seeing that they came out with Shy, even though I'm personally extremely disinterested in it to play it. Um, I like that they're doing something different. We can't just keep, you know, you can't just have like weeb classes or something. You, you know, how many dagger holding guys or ninjas or, <laughs> you know, yeah. wizards or mages can you have? You know, you got to start getting creative in these very obvious setup classes that have been staples in other games you know like blood mages you know you don't see a lot of them but they're around you know so start getting creative start creating some new mechanics that we have to work around which is what shy is doing yeah okay except, just start stealing ideas from tara uh except, <laughs> except the donkey idea dude and that one's dude, the so donkey idea is the best what do you mean i don't understand I mean, I guess we have to wait and see what they end up doing, but I just don't understand for someone that wants to main Shy, which there's going to be a lot of people, because people like the idea of support class. I've talked to a lot of people that are excited about it, but some of them have T9s that they literally can't use. Yeah, that should, yeah. I don't uh, understand. Yeah, it's super That weird. should probably be the one exception, I think. <laughs> like, if you have um, a T9, you should be able to use that fucking T9. You worked your ass off for that shit. I get what they're doing, right? Because the horse training thing, especially in the beginning of the release of this game, was uh, a draw to it. A lot of people, especially on like GameSpot and stuff, when they reviewed this, they're like, I'm going to be the number one horse trainer. You know, <laughs> and that, that brings a lot of interest in here, into this game and breeding horses, and it's good money and all that stuff, and they've kept that balance. But where are you going to go outside of a Tier 9? I feel like there isn't going to be a Tier 10. I, I could definitely be wrong, but we're going to keep getting different kind of Tier 9 horses. and so. It's kind of a stale ending to horse training, so they want to bring out different variety for horse training, I think, uh, but the way that they're going about it probably isn't right, because, exactly, I'm not going to play shy and leave my Pegasus behind. Not a chance. Hey. <laughs> no way. I'm going to have to train some new fucking donkey or something? No. No, 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 no. no, <laughs> what's, no, no, no. what's the next T9, Tim? Is it the seahorse? Dude, the seahorse. I'm telling you, <laughs> with all the new ocean stuff, that would be so... Dude, it can literally, like, just swim underwater fast. You just go into the water, submerge, and it just keeps going at full speed. 
That'd be Horses so much fun. is another thing I could I could give a hot fuck about. I got my <laughs> Pegasus on uh, a five fail stack because I do a lot of farming, and I just threw that in there with some crons and was like, YOLO, you know, stream content. And got it on a five stack. I'm like, well, I never have to worry about a horse again. It's like a top one percent Pegasus too. It's amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got man. super lucky. It's like 161 Excel. So you, no you had no you had no interest in the Doom horse? No, oh, absolutely not. That's too bad. The Doom horse is calling your name. Yeah, man. You could be. I got a, a really fast you Pegasus. Could, you could be a you could be a horse wizard, a Doom horse wizard. Yeah, dude. Imagine charging someone, knocking them down, and then hitting them with the flames while casting Meteor on them. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like fun, but... Uh, you do that on a Pegasus, too, though. I don't want to go through the process. We got, like, hella off track, but I did want to ask you about Vertex. Where do you think Vertex is in terms of, like, a, a strength right now compared oh, to, like, other siege dead. guilds? Just completely dead. It's a, it's a <laughs> really? husk of a guild. Yeah, I mean, I know it wasn't what it was, but you don't think it? No, it, no, no, it, no, it's a meme. It's a meme. Oh, okay, all right, gotcha. I was gonna I say, was like, wondering. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. After for a second, I was like, I don't. Wow, think okay, Tim. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like it's got to be somewhere near like where haste is at, right? In strength, or am I crazy? I still have some organizational. Uh, I I think Vertex could go either way at this point. They're either gonna make it relatively soon or it's going to fall apart and that's the real answer i i think there's some organizational things and just the way that the siege scene is right now vertex members don't want to be on balanos I'll, I'll say that for sure your average vertex member is like uh what like we love pvp we want a pvp but we're all just kind of cool hanging out with each other too so um i think we need a little bit more strength you know to really kind of play in that castle arena a little more stably <laughs> um and then the we're we're doing some stuff for our organization and shot calling and stuff that that should improve there too so there's a lot of potential here um but i think we'll know within the next month you know what vertex is going to be you know they dead or alive yeah that's pretty it's a pretty strange situation uh that vertex is in coming from like being like the number two, or you could argue number one, I guess, guild, and then completely dying, leadership leaves, you know, new leadership takes over and is trying to like come back or whatever. Very similar, almost exactly the same, actually, as a uh, man up when you think about it. No, it has no resemblance to what man up did in any way, shape, or form. You don't think so? That started with hands trying to grab clout from Lakari or whatever, right? And so he was GMing it, and we all know, we all have seen what Hans has done in this game time and time again. Uh, obviously not a Hans fan, right? So <laughs> the version that, of Man Up that we have now with Zephyr running it makes a, a way better analogy. But the, the origin of Man Up and, and Hans running it, it was stupid. It was stupid. <laughs> yeah. And so what you have here is you've got these long-term members that were either officers core or you know already leadership have kind of just gone hey i've got time i want to keep this going i don't want to go to chonation or br or snake or anything i want to keep vertex going and there was just enough of them to keep it alive and with the merc system uh maintaining a i'm not saying that mercs are carrying uh vertex or anything like that but you know if attendance is light 
we can definitely bring in some mercs to to help that stopgap that you know every single guild always has. So it's easier nowadays to kind of be a guild to rebuild and still stay competitive. Where you know in the aftershock days, if I had eighty five people or eighty two people max in the guild, I was I was looking real bad for Saturday. You know, and we can have eighty two people in the guild after a, a mass cut or something like that, and still show up at ninety, ninety five, or a hundred. So there's the growing pains and rebuilding process is, is way easier again than back in the day. Um, but it's not exactly what man up did. I, but now it, it's, it's a close parallel now, but the, the officers are doing a good job. The, the shot colors coming along, you know, um, we've definitely still have some massive powerhouses and, uh, this is the first guild I've really felt comfortable in on PC, you know, just to frag out and have some fun and, all that kind of stuff, and in my kill scores, I've I've front paged on every single one of our wars so far, so I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty well, and I'm getting better. And I, I have I feel like I have motivation to practice too, so I'm just camping out in RBF. I can't one v one a wet paper bag, but <laughs> you get get me out in RBF and in a node war and stuff like that, I do pretty okay. You gotta you gotta watch some Jackie fucking Felix, man. Or I could just not one v one. I did so much 1v1ing on Striker, and I just I just don't want to do it, especially on a class that's specifically built against 1v1ing. Yeah. Um, Alright, last thing to talk about, Frosty, I know you wanted to talk about the, the double respawn rate thing that's going on. Yeah, so there's... Alright, let's see. It started two weeks ago now, or almost two weeks ago, where they, they just had in the patch notes, they doubled the respawn rate of like a list of areas and Aachman became kind of insane. Um, I mean, everyone's trash loot went up some like 20, 30%. Like you have mm-hmm. item choice that got like 11,500 in an hour, which is absurd. Uh, but then in the following week, they said that it was an event and they just didn't mention that it was an event and that it's only temporary. Um, so I don't know. I, I just am wondering, like, kind of your guys' thoughts on the double respawn rate in the areas that it's been uh, applied to, and if you think it should stay or go or whatever. Um, I guess starting with Aukman, but other areas as well. And like Fogans has it right now. Kadri has it. Polyforest. Yeah, Bassy Den. So I, I guess we could start with you, Tim. Have you grinded in Aukman at all since the respawn rate? Yeah, actually, my last stream. So what I've decided to do, um, that's been a big part of my money-making process to get this Vel's heart uh, and what I've been focused on. And what I decided to do was was actually take the Elite Rotation, um, you know, that has a little bit of water in it or whatever, the one with the, the most amount of chance to get Black Shards and Straight Drops. Um, and so I'm not getting 10,000 an hour. I also don't think I have a, the gear to do that. Right. Um, so I'm kind of just taking a weird room. Well, I'm not taking a weird room now. I'm taking the, the elite rotation. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to bank on those straight drops and black shards. So I grinded for eight hours, I think on my last stream, what was that Thursday? And I pulled one straight drop and one black shard, which is pretty good, you know, like three or four red shards or whatever. And I averaged about 6,200, uh, trash per hour. And I probably could have gotten pretty close to 7,000 if I didn't fatigue and get drunk. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, yeah. my wrist was killing me pretty good. I was trying hard, and it was good content. It was fun to try to race myself and, and, and gauge the the loot and all that stuff. But, you know, if you're doing the elite rotation with 7,000 trash or even 6,500, I was really happy with that. 
I was really happy with that. And I got 130 scrolls or something. So I, I kind of killed it. I, I, I have a big thought about it because I've never really, while I'm streaming up, I really want to focus on chat and being interactive and stuff like that. But I had a really good time sweating over trash loot. So I think it's a good thing because it makes more of the rooms viable. Um, and it makes grinding just a little bit more fun. Gets people out there away from processing, etc. Um, it's a good catch-up mechanic, too, to have places like Polyforest and Fogans to have that respawn rate. You know, those aren't money-making opportunities. Maybe Polyforest is now. I haven't tried it personally. But, you know, Fogans is definitely a catch-up mechanic, not a money-making opportunity. Polyforest is actually pretty damn good for money. So uh, I was putting in a lot of hours over the past couple of days at Polyforest to see just how good it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, my final conclusion is it's somewhere between... Gahaz and Manchwams. Closing closer to Manchwams than Gahaz, honestly. Uh, I think the game needs something like that because there is a large gap in money between Gahaz and Manchwams. Yeah, exactly. I feel like like you guys need to go spend some time at Gahaz again. Gahaz is actually crazy money. Mm. All right, Shaky Bay, take it easy. It's just (laughs) not like, it's just not, I don't know. It, it is good money, and it's good money at a low AP, which is good for newer players or like people trying to catch up or whatever. But uh, I do think that Polly's does beat it. Uh, it is closer to Manschwam's, I think, but at a lower like AP, like uh, needed, which is nice for new players. Also, n- being nice for new players is the insane amount of skill points that you get at that place. It is actually oh, yeah. crazy. It's really good. Here. It's I have literally no doubt in my mind that if you want a place to go for skill points and also make a, a good amount of money, there's no better place to go than Polly's Forest. Like it used to be if you want to sacrifice your money for skill points, you go to either Soldier's Grave, Crescents, or Polly's Forest. Now you don't even need to sacrifice your money. You'll still make good money there. Right. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. See, like, I still think it's crazy. I, I, Gaha's trash is the same, but the scrolls are just way too... They're so much better than Polly. And I like Polly. I'm a huge proponent of Polly, but right now scrolls are two mil a pop. And if you loot scroll, like I did I did a loot scroll at Polly and got 72 mil, but it was off of like, I don't know, seven Kafra stones, which boosted it. But with a loot scroll and an hour at Gaha's, you get like 17, 18 scrolls. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, know. that's the trade off, right? So, at Poly is nice. Caphras at Poly is really good. Also, you get quite a bit of the uh, Forest Breaths, the T9 mm-hmm. uh, mat. Mm-hmm. You get quite a bit of those, which those are selling for like 2 mil right now. Also, if you have a Vel's Heart, the uh, Life Stones that you get are nice. Grind them into the powder for charges. Oh, yeah. Uh, really nice if they you have sell a Vel's well Heart. Too. So it, it, that stuff kind of. It does even out a little bit. Like, you get a lot more scrolls at Gahaz, but you do get the Kafiris and the uh, Horse Mats at uh, Polly's. Plus, you get way more SP at Polly's than you get at Gahaz. Like, there's no doubt in my yeah. mind about that. The unspoken thing that nobody talks about when it comes to Gahaz that makes Gahaz really good is if you were leveling a fairy, there is no better place oh, yeah. to grind than Gahaz. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, you get so many, like, little weapons and little armor and stuff like that that you can feed to your fairy to level it up so fast, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I need to min-max my tier 4. It's got, like, tier 3 skills on it or something. Yeah. You know, I just didn't roll. It rolled well. I have weight and uh, auto-pot, but I definitely want the better auto-pot. Yeah, for sure. You, you, know what I th- you know what I think the, the, the double respawn thing is, Frosty? I really think 
it's their way of testing what mm-hmm. different spots need to be viable. Yeah, they said they yeah. said that. Oh, yeah. They said that in their developer comment thing. Oh, did they? I didn't yeah. see that. Yep. Yeah, so Yeah, that's that's really interesting of you to just kind of come up with that on your own since they <laughs> fucking said it. I didn't read that, seriously. I, I think and I, oh, I think that's you. a really really smart idea, right? Because it's like, you know, if this place doesn't need a buff, then we can figure that out by buffing it for a little bit. Okay, you know, maybe it's a bit too crazy. Now we can bring it back in line, but this other place that did need a buff, and now with the buff, it's almost in line with the place that didn't need a buff. You know, that's a really smart way of doing it, I think, honestly. You know, in Achmed, sorry, I just did a wish fairy thing. Uh, in Achmed, <laughs> <laughs> specifically, you'd have to take up, like, three fucking rooms to get a rotation. Yeah. So you go to Achmed, and you go to, you know, you got, what, top, and you got the kind of that main rotation at the bottom or whatever. And then, you know, if you're desperate enough, you could hit the elite rotation, but why not just go to Histria? And so for them to open it up, like, if, if you're in just a small little shitty nothing room on Arsha server, like, you're doing fine. Pop a loot scroll, and you just hope that nobody walks up to you for an hour. Yeah, hope that and Choice I, I've done doesn't that a come to times. take his rotation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, just, you find some shitty little off branch of a room, and it, it'll probably be just fine, you know? It's cool. They need to... So they removed the Bassy Den one, and I don't know if they're going to do something with it, but they definitely need to keep the double respawn rate of Bassy Den. Because you could literally just stay in, like, the two good rooms on the upstairs and never go downstairs, and it was actually pretty decent. The other thing is they need to put... um, In Histria, they need to increase the respawn rate by 20% and then put a wall between main and side so badly so those cannot be connected as one rotation in any way. It would literally double the amount of players that could grind in Histria. Because it's so annoying that like one dude is taking up two rotations and for like I don't know it just it drives me nuts I just yeah, grind I don't in spend the a lot one. of time in history I always <laughs> grind like I know I have the worst etiquette in there I'll, I'll go into history and I'll be like they'll be like oh I'm on five Elton and I'm like all right well I'm gonna just go side do you, do you prefer main or side they'll be like no I'm doing five Elton I'm like well not anymore because I'm here so do you want main or side <laughs> <laughs> like I hate that shit dude it's it's so greedy yeah, I mean, you can't really blame them, though. No, I know, it's you like... want to be optimal, but at the same time, it's still, like, really good money on either side, so I just wish... I don't blame them, but I just wish they would put a wall between it. There's no reason why. Yeah. And then Necropolis, dude. I can't I mean, get why... over. Necropolis needs a butt. Like, just literally double the Kaffir Stone drop rate, and Necropolis will be viable. It's so, it's so fun to grind there, but mm. it just isn't worth it. Yeah. I mean, why do you need to grind history or necropolis, Frosty, when you can go to Sacrea and run for your life for an hour? I'm gonna get it I'll get it down eventually. <laughs> I, I think I need the two sixty nine bracket with Kudum. So I'm like one upgrade away. Yeah. That's part yeah, of it. I'm not I'm not efficient there. You'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Alright, I think I think that's it. That's everything we wanted to talk about. Uh Frosty, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Mm, no, that's it. Oh, are you in the uh, are you in the BSL today, Tim? No, no, no. You don't do that stuff. Uh, no, not <laughs> necessarily on purpose or anything like that. I just, I don't know. Just not too interested in it. I really just haven't thought about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, you're messing right, well. up, dude. <laughs> 
You're not missing out on much. You're missing out on getting clapped by Max team and round yeah, that's, like that's what I was every about week. to say. <laughs> yeah, okay. I figured it'd you know be something like that. Um, it is equal as gear though. They do trial characters now, so I mean, it, whether that's a plus or a minus for you, you know. Um, well, that's what they did at at TwitchCon 2018, the three v three tournament and stuff. They all had you know it was all on the QA server and equalized gear, which uh, I yeah. thought was nice. That that situation though was a little fucked up because the tournament wasn't equalized gear. It was like just that was equalized gear, yeah. which was kind of like okay, it was weird. But it was a show match. Be one so or the it was other. Like, I mean, it was technically separate from the tournament. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it was. Know. It was a weird thing. Either do it all it one way or fun. not the other way. Yeah, I think it is better equalized gear. I think it is better <laughs> with trial characters for sure. Like, there's no doubt yeah. in my mind. Um, now that there's a, a solid mechanic to do it, right? You know, it, I think that's where that was born from, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Well, people were like saying it for so long. Like, why don't we have equalized gear like RBFs or you know whatever? Like, that's what people were saying for the longest time, which yeah. they kind of did with like the the cap RBF or whatever. But nobody fucking uses that shit. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with us, Tim. Uh. You know, it was really fun. Uh, you want to plug your shit? Tell the all the peoples where they can find you at. Yeah, Tim Allen one three three seven on Twitch, YouTube, and that's my Discord vanity in, invite link. And if uh, if you watch a podcast and enjoy it, consider subscribing, please. That'd be great. <laughs> Speaking to the to Siege <laughs> podcast, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try follow your followers only mode today. See if I can't at least get something out of it. But, oh shit! Uh, dude, I appreciate it, man. Freak I've... the fuck out. <laughs> well, I mean, there's plenty of other streamers that are only on follower only mode, so I can get away with it. You can click follow. Like that's the least you could fucking do. <laughs> Literally the least. Yeah. But this is fun. I I did a lot of podcasts when I started my uh, stream up and stuff and one on one interviews and. Uh, one of the biggest things I heard was who's going to interview Tim Allen. So I've been looking forward to doing something like this. I appreciate you guys putting this content out here. I know a lot of people like to, you know, grind and listen to stuff like this. So oh, keep, yeah. keep doing, keep fighting the good fight. We got a lot of people who say they listen at work. They listen while they grind. They listen while they gather. I think it's, I think it's content that not, people don't know that they like it. People are like, why would I listen to two dudes sit and talk about fucking bdo you know but like it's actually i don't know it's just kind of chill you know but uh yeah thanks a lot for coming on tim we really appreciate it and uh uh i'll shoot you an invite link to the discord if you want to join that you don't have to no pressure or anything but yeah no that sounds great uh all the other that's where like we hang out a lot of times we're trying to try and do community nights more maybe we'll do some events in the future so uh that's more of a plug for the people listening than for you join the fucking discord <laughs> uh yeah that's fine I'll, I'll do what i can but between streaming being a dad no and no, husband, no 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 absolutely stuff, absolutely time. <laughs> uh uh cool. frosty you got anything you want to say to people? yeah uh like us upvote our video i'm looking into getting this shit on itunes asap i promise it, it's going to happen thanks to a user i'll name his name once it's all done i'll give him some credit but um yeah, if you see the the post on Reddit, uh, upvote it, leave a comment. If you have any questions, put it in the YouTube video, um, and then share it with your friends. Put it on your guilds, discords, and stuff. Get the get the word out there, so more people are listening, and uh, that way guests are actually interested in coming on. I think Tim yeah, Allen wants to come on if he's just talking to us too. <laughs> I can't wait to see the Reddit comments on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely putting a Reddit post for this one, so it'll be fun. We'll see what yeah. happens. 
But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Make sure to go check out Tim Allen at his YouTube and Twitch. There will be links to both of those down in the description below. Make sure to leave a comment. I don't have a question this time, so you guys are free to just jerk off, talk about whatever the fuck you want in the comments section. Please do leave a comment. We enjoy reading comments. We enjoy having the conversation. Uh, we don't want to just be talking to a brick wall, you know, it, it needs to be a conversation. So leave a comment letting us know your thoughts on, you know, all the shit that we talked about today. And, uh, yeah, we'll be sure to catch you guys next I, week. Thanks for listening. I've, I've got a fun final question. Here we go. For the okay, audience, here we can go. answer final this. Question. And Tim, you can answer this real quick. Just a real short answer. Let's Who's go. stronger, Black Rose or Snake? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You want a quick answer? That's a weird. Yeah, quick dude. Answer. Who's the stronger guild? Black Just Rose name or Snake? the stronger. Don't provide any reasoning whatsoever. Yeah. Name the stronger guild. Go. <laughs> I think it's pretty even. I think snakes. I think snakes. I think snakes probably still stronger. You know, but there's it, you have to qualify it with castle, open field, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I, it's so close. I think it's. I think it's really super close. Um, there's probably going to be a fight tonight that's uh, really going to show Black Rose's strength too. So it, it, I think I think Black Rose is really close, really close to being stronger, and they may be. It's it's close. All right, let us know in comments what you guys think: Black Rose or Snake? Yep, let us know. Type a comment: Black Rose or Snake? Provide your reasoning, and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you later, guys.